Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of Big Apple Hockey. We have a lot, and I do mean a lot to cover today. I think there's a is a game tonight for for a team. I don't know about that, Anthony. Um, no, nobody's really paying any attention to it at all. But thanks everybody for joining us because I am your host, Mark Williams. We're going to have a third host joining us in a minute, but the man who is always a different voice that we need. Mr. Anthony Larocco. Hey, Mark, you know, how would you feel if the if the Rangers couldn't have their logo at, at center ice next year? I would feel like completely betrayed. Because no, that, that, that needs saw, to be at center ice. I don't know if you saw the news, but the Coyotes next year, um, they're not gonna they're not gonna have their logo at center ice. It's gonna remain the the Arizona State hockey team's logo at their center ice. They can't change it. So oh. yesterday. <laughs> Oh come on! Oh, that's just that's that's just ridiculous. Well, the, the, so the, now, the money they're trying to put into that stadium. That, that's, so not that's not only not only are they going to play in front of a stadium that doesn't hold more than five thousand, but they can't even have their own logo at center ice. Bet, Betman just totally botched this whole. Just move them. Just move them. Just move them to Quebec or Citywell. Appreciate. I just I just don't understand this whole situation. I, I really don't. Or or just you know renegotiate for a couple more years at. Uh, Gila Gila River Arena and yeah but that, just, that's that's you know, that's that was not an option anymore so this is this is the best thing they got but it just it's just a head scratcher because I don't know why the guy's jumping through hoops to keep them in a situation that's let's face it a joke I mean yeah, I mean but, how, how many how many players are going to want or are we going to be able to get motivated to play in front of an arena that holds 5,000 people and some nights they might not even get 5,000 so I don't I, I don't understand um, that whole situation. I, I can't imagine anybody wanting to play anybody wanting to play for that franchise. Unless unless you're a player, because I'm sure it's a small percentage, but unless there's a play you're a player that is really just playing uh, really just plays because it's like they view it as their job and they just do it for money, then I, I don't I don't understand why anybody would want to play for the Arizona Coyotes. I, I, I well, really was the way it was described players want to live in Arizona. They don't want to play for the Coyotes. Oh yeah, and so it's it's just they got to get to a more desirable situation. But, but, if, but that if franchise. You, but if you love the game and that's the primary reason you play and you want to win and you want to you know have all the experience to play in National Hockey League, win a Stanley Cup, I, I don't understand why uh, you'd want to play for them. I don't. Well, <laughs> there's 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 only thirty two teams and thirty two jobs and all that stuff that the cliches they could use. By the way, a couple bits, uh, bits of piece of information that we're going to drop right now. We're still waiting for John to get on to join us. Phil will be on true. any moment. True. And they can't choose their sponsors either. Jesus. It's... Um, <laughs> for everybody, uh, Tuesday night, I'm going to be doing uh, a get-together at Timeout in Hicksville. Come on down and join me. I'm also going to be doing a 25-man pool for a signed Adam Graves jersey. So get on in with that. I know what you're saying, how you do the uh, – those kind of pools with hockey. Well, it's very simple. Shots on goal plus goals. There you go. Now nines, because you're never going to get a nine goal game. So don't worry about that unless you play uh, NHL 19. By the way, you could always start going to Big Apple Hockey Podcast and seeing our written articles. You can see my write up on what I think about this series, as well as today, we're giving away this Adam Fox signed picture. All you got to do is subscribe to the channel and be able to comment in the comments. I will be catching up to those comments in a little bit. 
Uh, but first, as we wait for Philk and also to get Anthony's thoughts on everything that transpired this week. Because, Anthony, the New York Islanders last week parted ways with Barry Trotz. We all know about that. And third most wins in Islanders history. But this week, Lane Lambert is the 17th head coach of this team's franchise. What, uh, just what transpired and can you make sense out of all this for us? Because they said they needed a different name in the room, but, uh, or a different voice in the room, but he's, he's the assistant coach. So, makes well, sense. For, first, first off, um, Lou in his press media um, said that uh, he, he maybe used the wrong verbiage in terms of the new voice, uh, but he, he did maintain that at the end of the day, Lane Lambert's a different personality. Um, you know, the way he just conducts meetings and every, everyone's different, essentially. So he said, yes, you know, he did work on the Barry for so long, um, but it absolutely still is a new voice in the locker room, which is true. Um, as far as everything else, the more as time goes by and now that Lane Lambert is officially the coach, it starts to make a little sense. Um, you know, there, there's some speculation out there that Barry Trotz uh, – had you know he had one year left on his contract that he had made it clear that you know he he may not come back next year depending you know maybe he wants to go closer to home move into a management role um and with that i think i think that lou had probably um knew that lane lambert was going to be barry trotz's replacement at some point so i i think it's becoming more clear that he felt that if he held on to trotz this coming season um and then Lane Lambert left this season because there's a lot of coaching vacancies and he has been sought after for the last two years. Now he's out Trotz's successor after Barry ultimately left next year. So um, it looks like that he just he just wanted to get ahead of things uh, and protect the team from essentially losing both guys. Uh, now this way he only lost one. So um, that makes a little more sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also let's not let's not act that that Lane Lambert is is a um, is like a you know some sort of schlep like David Quinn or another guy who has you know no experience. Uh, this guy's been around a long time. Um, you know he actually played with Steve Eiserman in Detroit early in his Eiserman's career. Uh, he was with Barry Trotz in Nashville and Washington. Um, and like I mentioned, you know he's he was widely viewed across the league as the next assistant coach who can get his own bench. Uh, you know, last two years, he, w- he was interviewed and considered for other teams vacancies. Um, so he was highly sought after. And yes, Trotz, the Hall of Fame coach and, you know, kind of stings losing him being that to us, at least that it came out of nowhere. Um, but I, I think Lane Lambert is, is, is a good replacement. Um, I think he's going to carry some of Trotz's, you know, systems and structures, obviously, being that, you know, he worked for him for so long. Um but I also think he's going to, you know, he's going to switch things up. I don't think he's going to run the team exactly the same. I think he recognizes that, uh, you know, the team needs more scoring and that opening up the system um, could elevate Barzell getting back closer to his production when he had 85 points in his rookie year uh, and then kind of go from there. So uh, I think I think Lane's going to be good. Uh, and you know, I wish Barry the best if he lands in Winnipeg. That makes so much and, sense, and everyone does. That's, There's nobody that dislikes yeah. Barry Trotz in the league. That's where that's where he's from. Um, mm-hmm. But you couldn't ask for a better mentor in, in Barry Trotz for Lane. And uh, 
you know, I'm, I'm slowly starting to get a little more excited for this, a fresh face, fresh voice. Um, you know, and I, I think, again, I think uh, the Islanders are going to look a little different with their structures next season. And lastly, don't don't forget that now that Lou made this move, um, he kind of put himself in the line of fire. Now the spotlight's on him. If whatever with whatever moves he makes this season didn't work out and the fact that he removed trots, then you know what? Um, then now, you know, he his job is in danger. And I think he realizes that he's he's a smart man. He knows that. Uh, so I think he's going to be extra aggressive this offseason in improving this team. Well, because, again, I, I did the video uh, when the news broke. And even as a Ranger fan, and but again, I use the term fan. We're entering the world of being pundits. And exactly. it's, it could just be the right move. Uh, yeah. Like what Core's saying right there. Well, they should have made Mike Sullivan the head coach, but they decided to go with Elaine Vigneault. Can't argue with the success that Vigneault had. I mean, sometimes there are just assistants that get elevated and it's time and those guys end up being great head coaches. Like we were talking before we aired about Joel Quenville when he was the assistant in Colorado. And then he became the head coach in, uh, I think it was St. Louis was his first job. I mean, I know that's one of the most successful coaches of all time. Then you also have guys like Dave Lewis, who looked like they were the anointing was, and they didn't, they, they just didn't pan out. So, uh, Kurt, I just want to get your name down. Guys, everybody in the chat right now, I'm entering in for the, uh, for the Adam Fox thing. Uh, nobody's commented Fox so far, so it's great sorting system. I'm just putting everybody's name in there at the moment. So, uh, but how do you, f- uh, just close this out. How do you feel about this, this hiring right now? Like I said, you know, I, I like it. I, I think, I think he's going to do a good job. Um, you know, he's been around a long time as an assistant, like I said, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's very smart. Um, and again, you know, I, I think he's gonna, he's gonna implement, he's gonna keep some trots structures, uh, in their game, but I think he's going to, I think he's going to change a lot. I think he recognizes, um, what went wrong. I also think he recognizes how trots may have been a little harder on the younger guys like, uh, Oliver Wallstrom, um, and other, you just, what are you, are you okay there, Mark? You, uh, uh, I'm just, I'm just sorry. I'm sorry. I'm looking at the chat exploding right now because everybody's putting in their Fox. I'm like, guys, I already have all your names down. Yeah. Don't worry about it. <laughs> sorry about that. Um, I, I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna handle younger guys, Better, I think, like guys like Oliver Wallstrom will have a longer leash. Not necessarily be afraid if he makes a mistake; he's going to be stapled to the bench. Um, you know, so I think for a lot of guys, it's a, a fresh start. Even even Barzell, not that Trotz and Barzell had a strained relationship, but um, I think he was he was really hard on Barzell. Um, he kind of neutered him at times with how he with how he plays his game, um, and I think Barzell is going to have more more free reign. Um, to really showcase his his skill out there, um, you know, even guys like Brock Nelson, who are offensively talented players, I, I think they're going to feel they're going to feel more freedom um, to really create more offense. And I think that's I think that's great for for the uh, you know for the team overall. So, uh, but here's a question I have for that though, Ant. Sometimes when you're like taking away the responsibilities 
or getting the focus, like you're taking the shackles off of Barzell, you can argue he was a better player scoring 65 points playing more defense than when he was scored 83 points playing no defense. Yeah, so, I mean, that's that, that's fair. But, I mean, the, you're also talking about, you know, that's – you know him. Him scoring twenty less points can have a you know a big effect on the team. And um, again, I, I know, like I said, Lane's not going to go back to a, a Doug Waits system, which is totally wide open. It's not going to happen. But Barzell's going to have exactly Kurt. Bar- Barzell's going to have much more freedom to really showcase his his speed and skill. I mean, his edge work is absolutely filthy. Um, so with more. If he has confidence in that his coach is going to let him do his thing more, I think he's going to be a much a much better player. Um, and as far, as far as this, uh, that's, that's not a bad idea. The only thing is, um, with Nylander, sometimes I think he's, his, his work ethic lacks a little bit, but not only that, um, I think Toronto would probably want to do a hockey trade with that where meaning it's no secret. They want to improve defensively. They'd probably want to do Pollock for Nylander and, you know, Pollock is a, is a big part of the Islanders defense. So I don't know. I don't know if I would do that. I mean, if they would take you know, Scott Mayfield, who's a very solid defenseman and his cap hits insane of a steal. If they would do Mayfield in a first or something along that with another little piece, then maybe I consider it. But um, I, I would not want to give up Ryan Pollock for, for Willie Nylander. Um, you know, if they can't get Forsberg or Gaudreau, I'd, I'd rather, you know, get Kevin Fiala, who I mentioned to Mark. Bill Guerin made some interesting comments about that yesterday, essentially saying that um, he doesn't think they're going to be able to keep Kevin Fiala. So, uh, that's that's a name I would also love for Lou to go out and get. Well, we're going to cover more on the that the talent that the Islanders could go out and get in the Bar Talk segment. And um, unfortunately, Phil is not going to be able to join us today. I just got that bit of news. Uh, but all good. We have everything else lined up, and he was with me for uh, an hour yesterday, and. We had a nice little laugh when he accidentally ended the stream too. So that was, that was also funny, <laughs> uh, but um, y- you know, and, and, and yeah, you're going to see a different team and you're going to see like it, maybe a different philosophy. So we'll see about that. I wonder fans out there. What do you think about the, well, the same voice that's still in the room, but the new hire 17th head coach in your history, throw it all down in the comments below. All right. Uh, once again, I got everybody already in for the Adam Fox, uh, for the Adam Fox drawing right now. But also, anybody that comes on in, make sure you're entering in Fox in there. Uh, so we are going to move on to the New York Rangers, where if after the show, after well, tonight's stream is going to be probably a Mark's drunken recap. Hopefully, it won't be tri- triple overtime. And I'll be slobbering all over myself as I did in the game one versus the Penguins. But it, whenever I can't do one, either the night of, I'll do one the night after, unless Filk jumps on to take me off the hook Tuesday night. I'm going to be over a timeout in Hicksville. Come on down, watch a game with me. So it's going to be a great time. And again, everybody enter in Fox. If uh, everyone that's in the, ch- or there we go. And I just, holy shit. I just, it's got like 15 people. Good thing Anthony's going to be doing some talking in a second. Um, so, Anthony, we did our Canes Rangers uh, playoff preview. But one thing I forgot until about like 45 minutes into the show yesterday was that Filk is a huge wrestling fan, just like you. So I want you 
to be the Carolina Hurricanes and or give me give me some good smack talk right now. Unfortunately, I really I really got nothing for you. The only thing I'll say is the Hurricanes do the whole um, woo after they score, similar to the Islanders, but a little different, and it's more Ric Flair style. So all I'll say is woo, Ric Flair, <laughs> the boy, gonna run wild over the Rangers. Um, yeah, my buddy Pete Mackin was on on that all over the place tonight. Or no, last, you know what? Last night. It's, um, it's it's gonna be. Uh, let's face it. You guys know I, I you know I put my Isles Islander fandom aside um, when I when I talk about the Rangers, and I think that's why you know people appreciate my opinion as an Islander fan. And like um, I always say, we wear but, our hearts on, our, on one sleeve and our opinions I, on the other, and sometimes yeah. they don't have to mix. I think it's it's no secret that the Rangers are the underdog uh, in this series, um, and I think most Ranger fans who, who who really are diehards understand that the Hurricanes present a little bit of a a little bit of a nightmare matchup for them. Um, I I just uh, you know what? Yeah, anything can happen, absolutely. Uh, but if the if the Rangers play the same the same way that they played against the Penguins and, and don't clean things up. Um, the, the hurricanes are going to, are going to make fairly quick work of them. Um, they're much better than the Penguins. Uh, they play a much faster speed game. They swarm you, they suffocate you. Um, they're, they're all over you. They give you no time and space. Uh, they're more, even though Pittsburgh has Crosby and Malkin, I know you know two of the best players of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, the Hurricanes are more talented offensively. Uh, I mean, you, up and down their lineup: Aho, Taravainen, uh, Nikash, uh, Svechnikov, uh, Trocheck, Niederreiter. I mean, they even Jordan Stahl plays such a great shutdown game still at his, at this point in his career. Um, Max Domi, they're just. They are, they are a really, really good hockey team. And again, if the Rangers don't clean things up, the Hurricanes are going to make them pay for their mistakes that the Penguins necessarily always didn't. Um, and you know what? Igor has been—he was fantastic in the regular season. Um, in Game Seven, I thought he was really good. But overall, this series—I think in the Round One against Pittsburgh, he had a nine eleven save percentage. Um, you know, that, that's not going to cut it. That's not going to cut it against the Carolina Hurricanes. Uh, it, it, like I said, it, it really won't. So if the Rangers play the same way, uh, the Hurricanes are going to absolutely destroy them. Um, with that said, I, I, you know, anything can happen. Um, you know, the Rangers have elite players in Panarin. Sabinajad woke up. Just Zirkin is capable of, of doing a lot more. Um, so it's not like there's there's no hope. But um I think I think overall, I mean, firstly, when when Filk says the Hurricanes in six, you know it's not really a good matchup. And I'm not saying Filk's a homer because he's not, but you know he's, no. he's more of he's more of the you know uh, the positive side in terms of making predictions on the Rangers. So um, I'm going to say it's going to be the Hurricanes in, in six games as well because I I do think you know the Rangers are good enough to steal a game or two, um, but ultimately I think the Hurricanes are just they have too much talent. Um, and honestly, I, I picked the, the Panthers to go to the Stanley Cup final, but I, I could easily see the, the Hurricanes beating Tampa or Florida. I, that's how that's how high I am on them. 
Um, I think I think any team in the East, you can make a solid, uh, I, I, at least a solid guess that they could win not only the East, they could win the Cup. All of them. Yeah, no. They, every, every one of them. And especially Carolina Hurricanes are, are no slouch. Yeah. And uh, obviously, the Ranger fans have seen this. I mean, they've, the, the one win they got, they barely survived. And the other three losses, the Hurricanes would take a lead. The Rangers would bounce back. It would be close at the end, and then they just fall short. It's yeah. just – Carol. I can't sing the praises of Carolina enough. Yeah, it's – you know, But the, I do the wonder – go ahead. I think we're about to say the same thing. The only thing that, that Boston kind of proved is that they're, they're not – like when they're away, they're beatable. When they're at home, they look like – they, they just look like the best hockey team that's ever played the game of hockey. I mean, when you watch their round one series against Boston at home, they just, oh, my God. I mean, I know the crowd gave them extra juice, but it looked like an, an NHL team playing a minor league team sometimes. That's how on top of Boston, Carolina was at home. So um, if and, the, in, the, in, in game one, too, Anthony, uh, Boston really pushed the issue because they wanted to try to get to the, I think it was Ronta in game one. I couldn't yep. remember if it was Ronta or, or Kolachek, uh, but it's or it's and that kid looks like he's going to develop into a pretty good goaltender too. Yeah. But they they did push the issue. Carolina, forgive the metaphor, weathered the storm, and then took over that game. And now you're seeing that again. I do wonder about the goaltending. So that's that's um, really. I mean, I don't want to say a weakness because Anthony Ranta is certainly better than Louis Deming, uh, but you know, by far. Mm-hmm. But the only kind of weakness maybe is is goaltending. I mean, Anthony Ranta isn't Superman, um, and the other one is, I mean, toughness. Other than that, it's really, really hard to find a find a a weakness in their game. But they don't have many guys that mix it up. I mean, Aho. Tara Vinen, you know, I mean, these, I mean, need a rider of size. He's not afraid to kind of mix it up, but they're not, they're not a tough team. So I, I think if the Rangers can really get in on their defense um, and, you know, kind of make them turn and hit them every chance they get, wear them down. Um, that's something that the Rangers really need to do. But yeah, the Hurricanes don't have many, don't have many flaws. Uh, they don't. Uh, no, nope. so. No, they they do not. They do not. And I'm just going to enter in DP's name on this list. Um, they, but the one thing they don't do is they don't really get into barn burner games either, though. And yeah. I think if if you start getting into high scoring games, that's Edge Rangers. Yeah. And as soon as it opens up, the other thing I would be concerned about if I'm Carolina is um, I just had it and then I lost it. Boston didn't have a goalie that could steal a game. Igor Sesterkin could steal a game or two or three. Yeah. So, yeah. And the Rangers are comfortable playing from behind. So even the first goal doesn't even matter. But Anthony, go ahead. That's true. Clearly they proved they could play from behind, but I think being, being down two nothing against Pittsburgh is going to be a lot different than being down two nothing against two nothing to Carolina. You're right. So because they they lock it, they really do lock it down. But I do have to I do have to tell you this. It's amazing to me. First goal of the game in the last series was three and four. And and uh, the teams that scored first did not hold the lead Mm -hmm. at the end of two periods, except for game two. 
That's yeah. that's outrageous to me. But you know what? That's where you're going to have to do with that. By the way, uh, in the chat right now, who's going to win tonight? We are overwhelming the po- the poll. Rangers, 83% right now. We're going to keep that going. Um, once again, right now, everybody in the chat so far, I got them on the Fox thing. Oh, wait. Uh, Barabbas, I got to add you in right now. And then I like this comment right here. Panarin is a bad head. Shoot more or Lafreniere. Uh, keep free and don't overthink. And the defense will help Shesty. They might win tonight and hopefully face Tampa in a couple days. Yeah, that should really help. Uh, sit for on and yeah, it's it's a little bit unfair, Richie, to have Nemeth in there. Um, or sorry, not Nemeth Jones to try to th- throw Jones in there right away. Uh, sorry, Barbarous. I always go to Barabbas. Why do I keep doing that? It's been a while since I looked at the Bible. Um, and John, I got to get you on there because that's what we're get, we got to do. All right. So, and guys, by the way, uh, I know what a lot of people might be thinking. And this, this series is going to be like an action movie with a big twist. Yeah, all the memories, those, those old memories. All right, Anthony, you ready to do some bar talk? Sure. All right, let's do this thing. I'm going to take a shot on this one. You're going to say beer. I'm buying everybody around on this. Oh, my God. Well, welcome back, everybody, to Big Apple Hockey Bar Talk, where we are gauging our confidence on NHL topics based on our choice of drink. Are you so confident? You're buying everybody around. Or are you just like, yeah, depressed. I really need a shot right now. Or so-so. I'll take a beer. There you go. And remember, everybody, if you're getting in there right now, keep on typing in Fox. I see like four more names I got to get on there. Fortunately, like I said, I have the gentleman right here to be doing some talking for me. Uh, and next Tuesday night, I'm going to be doing a, a, a get together over at timeout in Hicksville. Come on down and join me. And I'm going to start with this one. The New York Rangers should make re-signing Tyler Mott their top priority. Anthony. Top priority. Um, I'll say, I'll say shot. I don't think it should be the top priority. I think Mott is someone that, um, they should bring back if they could fit him in, but they have more pressing um, needs to handle this off season. One of which, you know, finding a way to keep Andrew Kopp, um, you know, replacing, you know, Ryan Strom, maybe with another center, uh, improving their defense. So yeah, there's, there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of things I, I put, um, I put above re-signing Tyler Mott. So it's a shot. I'm going to actually upgrade this to a beer only because the reason why, is because there, there's, there's not a lot of cap space at the moment. So I guess their top priority should be free and cap space. I would I would love to keep Andrew Kopp. That's what I would love to do. And I'd love to shoot Ryan uh, Ryan Strom to the sun, to use Filk's metaphor. But 
it's it's one of those things that there's uh, there's going to be limited room. I know there's going to be a bidding war on cop, especially from the Detroit Red Wings. So that's why I kind of look over at Mott and go, you can't let Tyler Mott go. Do not do not lose sight on him. They're going to they're going to need him. So uh, and I, I've been singing his praise the entire time. He's going to be a huge difference maker in this series against the Carolina Hurricanes. Anthony, the Islanders currently have the roster to play up tempo. I mean, not really. Um, you know, guys with having Chara and Green, Green on their back end, it's it's hard to, to play a fast style and move the puck up the ice. Um, I mean, they got they got guys who can absolutely wheel. I mean, Barzell, Nelson, Pajot, um, you know, they, they can all fly, but um, they weren't suited for the speed game. So last year's version of the Islanders, you know, I, I don't know, but um, – you know, it's it's for next season. You can't answer it because obviously Lou's still going to make some moves to improve the overall speed um, and skill of this team. So, um, I mean, yeah, n- no for for this past season, but um, I think this season coming um, is going to be they are going to play more up style uh, style hockey because the roster is going to look different. And yeah, I have to agree with you on that because I think they're going to try to go and make splashes of free agency. But one phrase that you use a lot is Lou likes hockey trades. Mm-hmm. And I think he's going to try to really explore how to get this team faster. My question for you, because, uh, and by the way, I have to do it. Well, right now is a shot. It's it's definitely yeah, a I, shot. Because, yeah. yeah. They, they don't have the personnel to do it. The identity line is far from fast to play up-tempo. But it's... Sezikis can wheel. I mean, Martin and Clutterbuck aren't fast, but Sezikis has speed. Yeah, I mean, Clutterbuck alone, has, his, his legs are shot. But, um, you know... But, again, they're going to they're gonna go out and they're going to... This team might look completely different by... By next season, by next season. So yeah, it right now they don't have it, but they will soon enough. Uh, you know what happened? You know what started last night? The Battle of Florida, and the Battle of Florida is going to be the best of the playoffs. Shot. I know they they <laughs> had a really good matchup last year, but um, I mean the Battle of Alberta. I mean that hasn't happened in a while. That's going to be a crazy fun series. I, I can't wait to watch it. I think it's going to be, you know, fast up tempo. I think it's going to have a lot of scrums and fights. Uh, you know, I'm really, really looking forward to that that series. So I, I think it's going to be that series. Um, and you know what? To be honest with you, Florida almost got brought to the brink by the Capitals that are kind of on a downward slope. Um, I wasn't impressed with Florida that series. I mean, thank God for Carter Verhage. If it wasn't for him, I mean, the Panthers mm-hmm. probably lose that series. I think they said he was on the ice for like 12 of their 20 goals. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Tampa Bay looks like they might just be getting started and revving up, which is bad, bad news for everybody else. Um, and I know last night's only one game, but I'm starting to believe that Tampa Bay is going to handle Florida. And I, I really, I really hate that, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, I think that's going to be the case. <sighs> I love this series last year, and I just think once the emotion kicks in, it's really going to get into to high gear. I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna go beer, um, because we'll get into the Battle of Alberta in a moment, 
but it's just one of those things. I just, I, this series was so electric last year. I think minus Braden point, depending on how bad his injury is, you might, you might really see them get into this. I mean, the crowd was going nuts when they thought Florida tied the game last night, but then it hit off the, the netting. So it wasn't meant to be, but it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a hell of a, hell of a series. That Colorado series looks like it's going to be pretty good. The yeah. rain, we'll see about the Rangers hurricanes. If it's the regular season, that series is not going to be entertaining. It's the postseason. That series, that series is going to be. I think the Rangers are going to try to mix it up a lot with the Hurricanes, and the Hurricanes might fall into that trap. That's going to be one thing we talked about yesterday. Hurricanes don't necessarily have that. Um, uh, yeah. We're, oh yeah, no, yeah, we did. We, we, did. we did, but um, maybe when we get into more of a Q and A session, we'll, we'll talk about that again for you. Yeah. So we, we led with that actually specifically. Yeah. So you would figure that's in the B block, but I figured more Ranger fans were going to be late. So, and you know what? We've been sitting on this news for a while going, once we get Anthony on, we can get the perspective. He is the head Islanders writer. That's why we have him. Um, and certainly, certainly, you know, you're, you know more than me about it. That's why I had to go with that. By the way, if you didn't see it, Tampa scored twice the third period. Patrick Maroon. Is, do you give any, um, how would I put it, credit to him being a guy that's won the last three Stanley Cups? I mean, yeah, he he, he fits a role. You know, he, he he can, you know, he can bring a physical presence. Uh, occasionally he could chip in with a goal. Um, but, I mean, he's not he's not a game changer. But, I mean, I, I guess, he, you know, they love him. I think him his experience that, helps. Though. Yeah, they love him in that room. Yeah. yeah. All right. Anthony, moving on. St. Louis can pull off the upset over Colorado. Um, I mean, they last night, the, the way Bennington played, um, if he can actually maintain that style, maintain that level of performance, um, the series actually might be closer than people think. Um, but I think Colorado is still just too talented to, to lose, um, especially to St. Louis. So I, I'm going to say – I'm hovering on shot here, but I guess I'll say beer just because of how St. Louis played last night. But um, I think Colorado is going to is going to win this series somewhat easily. I don't think it's going to be easy. And in our bracket that we did on the Facebook thing, I took Colorado in this series with the one that Philk and I did on the air. I ended up picking St. Louis with him. He talked me into it. St. Louis is a team that would really worry me very much. So if, if I'm Colorado, yeah, no, that they're experienced and they play a tough game, but I, I just think Colorado is, is too, is just too good. They're, they're And they currently, if, if I recall correctly, I should have checked that out before I got on air, but they also, I believe don't have any goals from Buchnevich yet. Yeah. So imagine when he starts producing, what's going to yeah. happen. I don't, you know, but, you know what series would be really, really entertaining a Colorado hurricane Stanley cup final. I mean, that would be, that would be a that would be an I, interesting I, matchup to see because they they play a similar a similar style in the sense that they're all over you and they and they just keep coming. That would and be- <laughs> uh, there, I, I used I have to use the word phrasing in there for a second, but um the the, the I it's gonna be no matter what combination I'm actually trying to go over in my head what would actually be a bad combination for the Stanley Cup right now and all these teams are entertaining and all these teams 
have mm-hmm. stars and can bring it and are well or well coached. So I hats off right now. We're we're gonna be in for a treat in three weeks for the Stanley Cup finals. All right. Speaking of the Battle of Alberta, the Battle of Alberta will be the shortest of the series of the second round. I'm gonna I'm gonna go a shot again here. I, I said before I think this is gonna be the most interesting series. I, I do not think it's gonna be short. I mean, the Flames are definitely the better team. But similar to Islanders-Rangers, when they play, you can kind of throw everything out the window. Um, I think that's the same way with the Flames and the Oilers. Um, I think that it's going to be a close series. It's going to have it all. Uh, I think ultimately the Flames are going to win just because Markstrom is much better than Mike Smith. Um, And even though Edmonton has Dreisaitl and McDavid, the Flames have a much more potent attack with Lindholm, Gaudreau, Kachuk, Toffoli, you know, Majiapani, you know, the yarn croak. And they just have a lot of guys that can come at you and skate fat speed, Blake Coleman. Um, so I think the flames are going to take the series, but I think it's going to be a brutally fun series to watch. I am buying around on this a hundred percent. And that's because if there's anybody, I mean, maybe I'll hire on the flames and Daryl Sutter is, but the, the I I thought the Flames were going to handle Dallas a little bit easier. Jake Ottinger had other ideas. He really played that's well in that him. series. And so with that said, that's what kind of held the Flames back. Mike Smith is not going to be nearly as good as he was no, in the first round. And he's going to be a step down from Ottinger. I honestly think the Flames take care of this series running away in five. Because in the regular now, again, Throw away the regular season. I keep saying that with the Rangers and the Hurricanes. But with this, in the regular season, uh, the Oilers couldn't out-defend the Flames, and they couldn't outscore the Flames. So if you can't do either one, then then I have to I have to go with the Flames, and pretty quickly. This is also the reason why I think the Colorado um, <laughs> sweep is so important. Yeah. Can you... <laughs> Ottinger, uh, tell you, he 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 um he was outstanding. And what's funny about that is, as good as he was, the goal he led up to Gaudreau from that angle, I'm sure he would have wanted that one back. Uh, yeah, but man, he 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 was fantastic. Which, uh, you know, I thought about this when I was on the car drive back from getting a bagel. But you know, Barry Trotz had the interview in Winnipeg. Mm-hmm. Let's say he doesn't get that job. If you're mm-hmm. Dallas and Rick Bonus decides quickly to step down, do you jump on Barry Trotz for that team? Yeah, the, but the, the Flyers are lurking too. It's Elliot Friedman mentioned the Flyers have interest in Trotz. So if for some reason Winnipeg doesn't get give him the job, I know they're going to come at him hard and Vegas is going to come at him hard too. Well, on to teams that did not uh, advance in the playoffs. I was about to say make the second round, but that didn't really sound good off the tongue. The Toronto Maple Leafs need a major overhaul. <laughs> Does a bear shit in the woods? <laughs> I mean, you know what's crazy? It doesn't seem like they are, and I, I don't, I don't get it. And the reasoning was, I hear that it makes no sense to have overreaction and blow up a team that played so well against the back-to-back champs and came so close. And that's true; they did come close this time. But you just throw out the prior six years. I mean. For, for so long, they failed to get over the hump of, of winning a round. You could talk about the success they had in the regular season all they want, or you could talk about how close they played the Lightning all they want. But at the end of the day, they still failed to get it done. So 
the fact that that Shanahan already said Keith and, and Dubas are coming back and that it's likely that their core four, you know, meaning Marner, Matthews, Nylander, Tavares, specifically Nylander, Tavares, aren't going to be moved. Um, it's just silly because, I mean, other than that, you're just you're just shuffling the deck on the Titanic by moving other pieces. Yeah, you could swap out Alexander Kerfoot, you know, and bring in a, a similar player, um, you know, or, or let – I don't know, Mark Giordano, let Mark Giordano go and bring in, I don't, I don't know, Calvin DeHaan. Or, it just – it doesn't – I don't understand how they're going to take the next step by by keeping the, the team the same. Yeah, they could they could rest their laurels on, oh, well, maybe if we play at a team other than Tampa Bay, maybe we win the first round. That's true, but, I mean, again, the, the you look at the large picture here. They failed to get it done with the core that Kyle Dubas put in place. Um and I don't. I think it's going to be ridiculous that they their team may be somewhat similar. Um, I just, I just don't. I don't get it. I don't understand it. Um, I think it's poor decision making. And um, yeah, it's it's one of those things when you look at them because even I I step back and just try to evaluate their talent, Anthony, and, and thinking, well, they got the talent to do it. But it's like I keep going back to you on. And saying to everybody, video game mentality doesn't, or fantasy sports mentality doesn't work. You need guys to have clearly defined roles. You need to have guys who understand things. You need to, you need to have physical presence. You need to have, there's, that's the reason why the Rangers hopefully can get Barkley Goudreau back in this series quickly because he's going to lay some physical presence on the, the Rangers were a different team when Tyler Mott was in the lineup as, as opposed to the easy team they were able to be played against in game four. So I just don't know what Toronto is exactly doing. That's I think where I, I go with on that. Do they have a third line? Do they have a fourth line? I and, and, this, and, and I agree with you. I agree with you on this. We I, everybody knows they need the change, but what are the change? Well, I, I would tell probably you, get rid of William Nylander. Yeah, uh, I, I would trade trade Nylander in a hockey trade for a young, similar age defenseman, um, or I me mean, move. Let's face it, Tavares, not the player he was. I mean, he nope, eleven million for the next three years. Uh, just imagine what they could do if they traded him for a bag of pucks and what they could do with that 11 million, add another two to three quality solid forwards for your second and third line, make your team more well-rounded. Um, but I understand this isn't fantasy hockey. I mean, what, what hockey team Mark um, is going to take Tavares's $11 million, you know, not That's many teams can absorb that salary. I mean, it's a situation where, you know, a decent amount of salary would have to be going back to Toronto. Um, and uh, yeah, but uh, you're right. There's, there's, they, and, <laughs> I, I, and I think that the answer is beer because it's just, you don't know, you know, they need a change. You just don't know what it is. I'm not sure if, uh, Sheldon Keith is the answer as a coach. I'm not sure if Kyle Dubas is making bad moves and needs to be removed, but and that's, that's, what is his team's philosophy? That's very true. He he does. Um, so that's that's something that would be a problem. And I, I don't know how many places he would wave it to. You know, oddly enough, um, if the Maple Leafs made it clear to him that they're going to move on for him and, and they don't want him, um, I think the Islanders might be one of the only teams you'd wave it to come back for. I mean, if he, if he loved it as much as he said he would. Um, but I can tell you right now, 
that that's not happening. But yeah, you're right. He hasn't he hasn't no movement clause. Uh, and aside from his you know his immovable contract, that's another hurdle. But um, in a perfect world, if they can get rid of him, I think that would help them out so so much. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> Capo Caco would be a centerpiece in a trade for. Sorry, for Austin Matthews. Uh, Anthony, you clicked one. I'm sorry. Go to that one. No, I, I unclicked it. Oh, you unclicked it. Okay. Yeah, because you had it. So, up. yeah. By the way, Anthony, do you know who's older than John Tavares? Sidney Crosby. Well, no, <laughs> that's that's true. I'm definitely older than John Tavares. Sidney uh, uh, Crosby was Sidney Crosby could play three more years. Well, yeah, he's got three more years left on his contract after this. So, yeah, he's you know, only 34 round. years old. Round, yeah, yeah. round. I, I don't, I don't. I mean, unless he, you know, God forbid, sustained a you know career-ending um, concussion, uh, which you would hate to see. I, I think he could play three more years. The guy's a pristine athlete. Kate takes care of his body. Um, you know, say what you will about him, but he he's great in that regard. So, yeah, he. I think he absolutely could play three more years. There's really no question with this. Again, unless he'd suffered some sort of catastrophic injury, but um, you know, I, I think he will play three more years. I was shocked this morning when I saw 34 years old and just went, he's 34 years old. I forgot that he's 10 years younger than me. Wow. Uh, he, he might be able to play five or six more years. I gotta, I gotta go around on this one. And you know, you just, you hope it again, I don't think he's as concussion prone as people think, because remember in 2012, it was more whiplash that was the problem. But man, this this guy, I know I'm singing his praises right now. And Ranger fans, we all they all want to just go, hey, and we got by him. He's a wuss, blah blah blah. Well, 100% Sidney Crosby would have been a nightmare for the New York Rangers in Game Seven. I would take him on my team any day. So yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't I don't feel the way I felt about him early in his career. I know he he still whines at times, but I used to I used to hate him, and I guess similar to Tom Brady. Like I used to hate Brady, but um, I've learned to respect him. And at this point, I say to myself, it's not worth spending the time and energy to hate a guy. Um, it doesn't. It doesn't. It's not worth my time and energy to hate Crosby. I mean, I, I was, he's one yeah. of the best players. He's one of the best players we've ever seen. Um, you know, I know he. You know, he's he's great from what I understand. The community of Pittsburgh. Um, you know, he's a good ambassador for the sport, and also too. My Islanders have handled him pretty easily in the playoffs. And I think that – so it's kind of like he hasn't really been a thorn in their side there and it brings down the, the hatred level. Um, <laughs> he's pretty much, he was pretty much non-existent in the last two years the Islanders played them in the playoffs. Uh, so that probably has something to do with it. But I, I, I think Johnny Red sa- says it all best. And New York, we all say this about all of our guys. If you're not on our team, we're going to boo you. That's yeah. just how easy it is. Yeah. Um, I had I had somebody years ago when Andy Pettit was a member of the Astros and I was at Chase Stadium and, he, and I booed him and somebody goes, really? I went, yeah, he was a Yankee. <laughs> he wasn't a Met. He wasn't yeah. on my team. By the way, speaking about um, Tom Brady, uh, I believe your team is the last one to shut him out. And that's well, a while ago. That's that's like 2003 yeah. or something like that. So. <laughs> And that was on opening day. So I believe that's true. I got to double check. Uh, but by the way, we really kind of set the comments on fire for a minute. Crosby will play the Olympic <laughs> diving team. Crosby has a lot of mileage and just wants one more. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I think Crosby needs something more. He won't, um, 
to a person at Packers saying you won't if the goons don't stop headhunting. Oh, and that helmet screwed us. Yeah, that's you know, you should I heard Paul Biss in it today and just sorry, I disagree with you. Uh yeah, well, I'd give up. I would actually make that trade. Well, yeah, because the guys you're giving up, but I, I would not want to I mean, I honestly would he's for the money that he makes and his foot speed now and everything and his eight, I would not. I would not take Tavares. Uh, by the way, Tommy Smith in the house. Hicksville, let's go. Uh, what would be Kako's trade value at this point? Kako actually has a pretty good trade value, though. But, you know, I I, I just don't I don't think you should trade Capo Kako. That's that, that simple. And I mean, uh, I don't think his trade, his, his trade value is not insanely high. I mean, he hasn't proved anything yet. So I, I think he's. I mean, I made my feelings on him. If if he if you were able to get Mark Shifley, I would pack Kako's bags in that trade for him. I, mm-hmm. I, I, another cliche, I'd drive him to the airport too. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> but Well, by the way, David hit it right on the head. The Lawyer-Malloy game. That was like the week before they yeah. got Lawyer-Malloy. He shows up in Buffalo, and uh, there it goes. Yeah, Paul, Paul missed the net. Um as as they say. Actually, I kind of watched them today and they were all pretty good. By the way, Everest, I starred your comment. We're going to be coming back to that because during the Q&A session, you're 100% right on that one. So that is actually going to conclude uh, Bar Talk for today. So uh, guys, I'd love it if I'd, I'd love it if I could see more icons when you get when when we're doing this, but I know we're all preoccupied uh, worrying about the Adam Fox picture. Don't worry about that. I got everybody in there. Um, uh, well, THQ, did you want me to enter you in there um, for for the Fox thing? Let me know. Uh, just put that in there. But Anthony, one more discussion topic before we get into Q and A. We talked about the yep. Battle of Alberta. Yep. And do you know the last time those two teams played in the playoffs? Yeah. Was it was it the year nine was it the year the flames the flames won the cup? No, nineteen ninety one, taken in an overtime. Okay. Last time those two teams played each other. So I gotta ask you this. Obviously the Rangers and Islanders are on this list. We're big apple hockey. They haven't played since nineteen ninety four. And mm-hmm. the if 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 Islander fans remember that series at all, there's a bitter taste in their mouth. What playoff series would you like to see between two teams that either haven't played or haven't played in a long time? Uh, let's see. Uh, Buffalo and Boston always had some good, had some good matchups May day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, I think that, you know, that would kind of be a cool one to see if Buffalo got good again. Um, I would say off the top of my head, another one. Um, I would like to see, there's still a lot of, uh, clearly, the Sharks and the and the Knights don't like each other from the whole playoff series when Pavelski got hurt. Um, mm-hmm. I know the Sharks' PR team was tweeting when Vegas got eliminated and rooting for other teams. I think that would be, even though it happened somewhat recently, I think that would be a very hostile matchup if it occurred again. Um, and then uh, I would say... Eh. I mean, that's really all I can think of right now. I'll let you kind of go, and I'll, I'll kind of ponder some other ones. But I think Flyers-Islanders haven't been seen in 
Well, other than oh, the bubble, I forgot about the bubble for a second. Nobody yeah. gave a fuck about the bubble. <laughs> but, <laughs> all right. So uh, I had the Flyers Islanders locked and loaded. God damn it. That sucks. Nope. Um, um, I would probably have to say the Sharks and the Kings would be a good one. I'd like to see them go at it again. Um, there's, uh, there's, there's a lot that I'm trying to think of. Like, I, I can't recall the Maple Leafs and the Rangers playing any time ever in my life. I, obviously. I would, you know what you mentioned, Montreal? I would because Montreal played Toronto in the bubble. Um, I would, I would like to see Toronto in Montreal. Mm-hmm. In front of fans, that would be a, that would be a really good series. Uh, even like Detroit versus the Rangers would be a good one. Uh, there's there's because I mean after all you're starting to see now the second year in a row Tampa Bay versus Florida and yep. that's the thing you get these rivalries that they really come up and you really start to see like how uh, just just the fan base is hating each other. The team's starting mm-hmm. to hate each other. There's just Colorado, Detroit, Johnny red yeah. brought up a great one right here. Um, I still, by the way, uh, I, I, I loved the comment. What's the greatest rivalry in all sport in, in all hockey. And it was the Leafs in the first round. Somebody tweeted, <laughs> but uh, John D Lee, you're right about that one. Rangers devils. That's in there. Um, and uh Hextel, Hextel. uh that was great you know it'll be a good I, one eventually when, when seattle becomes when seattle becomes i guess a good team you know i Vancouver, think i know what you're about to say go ahead Vancouver Vancouver. seattle that's a natural rivalry they're so close together you know let them build up some history um that would be a good one being their close proximity and mark is right about that like I, you're starting to really see a budding rivalry between the rangers and the canes uh, that's that's starting to get out there. Um, and beat, Seattle versus Vancouver. A minute. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mark, I gotta add your name on the list, and T uh, T T H G. I gotta get you on that one. So, uh, but there's uh, see, St. Louis, Detroit would be a great one again, but now they can only meet in the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. Um, I hate that. I hate that Detroit is not in with the those teams in the West, but they are. There was a, a sorry, there was another one I had to add in there. And oh, there you go, uh, Mark. And uh, Papu, I think I completely butchered your name right there. And I yes, extra R. So, yeah, guys, keep throwing some names on the list of playoff series, uh, teams that haven't played in a long time. Do you think it would actually be a great playoff series? And we're going to get to the end of this. We're going to do the drawing for that. We're going to do some Q&A. So I'm just taking down a couple more names on here because I know Big Daddy just got on there. Hawks and Kings, that would be actually a really good one. We haven't seen that one since 2015. So... Uh, Hawks and Kings. Those were great ones. Are the Rangers and the Devils the last time we saw them? 2012, they were pretty good. Yep. And uh, see, Islanders Leafs was such a great rivalry in the early. Yeah, that, that would be a good one too. Yeah. That, yeah that's, a, that's a good one. 
And then and then it was Islander Senators right after that, which that didn't last as long, but no, that was like <laughs> once it was it was Senators beat him in five games. That wasn't really much of anything. No, it really wasn't much of anything, but it looked like it could have been because I think they split the first two games. They did all correctly. Yeah. 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 And then you thought that was gonna be there. Uh I mean it, I, I I have to agree with a lot of the guys that are saying uh, Avalanche Red yeah, Wings. Those, those were those were good, great yeah. series. Those were great series. So I remember the the, the sound clip of uh um what was it Dino was it Dino Cicerelli saying I, I can't believe I shook that guy's hand, uh, referring to Claude Lemieux. Uh no, I wasn't actually. Yeah, yeah, it might have been Dino Cicerelli because Dino Cicerelli was on the '96 team. He wasn't on the '90. 17, which if by the way, like, remember, I can't believe I shake in reference to um Lemieux getting drilled by Maltby, Arizona versus the bank. I mean, uh, Maltby getting drilled by Lemieux, and uh, or I know Chris Draper was in there too. Draper Draper got drilled by Claude Lemieux, yeah, yeah, he had had his face broke, just cracked open, so that was fun. Shawnee, by the way, I see you right there. I don't have your name on this list. Let me get you on there. Um, yeah, it was Dino. Everest has is, is got you on there. Like I said, Everest, we're going to be coming back to that in a minute. Uh, Sean Stadler. And... Uh, <laughs> it's going to be City Council. Uh, oh, what was that? Oh, yeah, versus, uh, yeah, that is true. Well, again, the problem with Arizona is... They let their city planners do everything, and then the city planners. What well, like, oh, I mean, I mentioned we'll this. put it in a spot when nobody wants to go. What I what I don't what I don't understand is that. So you know, after the Coliseum closed originally and then got refurbished, the Islanders went back there. Bettman said it wasn't sustainable, and the Islanders couldn't play. Meanwhile, it held you know it held thirteen thousand people. That wasn't okay, but the Coyotes could play at a five thousand seat arena for the foreseeable future. Can't even have their logo, goddamn center ice. I mean, I don't, I don't understand the, the logic there. Uh, I, I agree with you on that one. He's trying too hard to save a team that, frankly, um, you know, Quebec would. Oh my God, their fans would go into a tizzy if they got the team back. They'd probably be so excited they go streaking. Like well, I, I don't. Well, let me, let me uh, enlighten you on this one thing. I just gotta find out. Good, bandits. Arizona's population, 1.6 million. And you can actually get people in that area that care about hockey. Denver is only 715,000. Yeah. So that's why they're trying to crack that. And that's why I I still think Arizona can be saved. I really do think Arizona can be saved, not just because I'm likely going to move out there. It's just, uh, it's, it's, Players do like being from out there. I mean, after all, you have Austin Matthews, who's from Arizona. Mm-hmm. I know I think partially raised in California, but it's it's yes, very true. Arizona is the love child, but again, the, you're leaving it up to the city planners, and they're putting it in the wrong spot. Here's here's another franchise that's just in the wrong spot: the Tampa Bay Rays. They shouldn't yeah. be where they are. They should be on the other side of Tampa, but whatever. Like I get, like if it's if it's July, if it's you know, because free agency is July thirteenth again, not July first. Maybe next year we'll be back to normal July first. But if you're a player and you know your agent calls you 
on July 13th and says, oh, you know, the Arizona Coyotes are interested in you. Like, why? I mean, aside from I understand Livick's a great place to live up and coming, but why in the world would you sign with a team that, A, is going to suck, B, plays in front of 5,000 people, and let's face it, at times that may that number may be 2,500 or 3,000. Um, mm-hmm. Why? 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 I, well, I don't it's this is the thing that I kind of find interesting about that experiment. I know we started the show with this, but and by the way, uh, just to say for that core, uh, uh, Jonathan Huberdeau, Peter Laviolette, and uh, what was the last one? Oh, Sheldon Keefe. There you go. I, There's all three of them. I got I, I got can, them right. I can assure you that Jacob Chickering is probably counting down the days until. You know, trades kind of well, trades can happen right now, but you know what I mean. He's probably counting down the days to, you know, where action picks up and he'll be dealt by the draft. I mean, he probably can't wait to get the hell out of there. That's- but I gotta, I gotta ask this is it gonna be like this? How do I even want to say it? like a luxury environment where it's 5,000 seats? Is it gonna be really loud? Is it gonna be something, uh, I don't, I, I, it could be, there could be positives that come out of this, but I do have to agree with you for two years. If you're, if you're a player, you're going over there because you're a reclamation project that needs to fix your career. I'll, uh, um, uh, Shane Goss despair. You're a drafted and which he did. You're drafted there and you you just got to go or, you're Andrew Ladd, and nobody will else will take you. You're basically you're right. the Tootsie. Uh, yeah, you're basically the Tootsie of the NHL. Like so. When, by when, the, way, the, uh, when the draft lottery happened, Shane Wright was probably like, "Thank God <laughs> that the Coyotes didn't win the lottery." Because, I mean, right. man. And but, and Tommy, you're right about the, you're right about this. Uh, you want the Thrashers back, but the Thrash Atlanta's already failed twice. I There's love no need powder, for a third time. Those powder blue jerseys. Yeah, and the the one arm with the strip that went down yeah, with the thrashers yeah. on there. Yeah. yeah, well, they're still waiting to win their first home. Uh, they're, they're first waiting to win their first playoff game. Never mind anything else. <laughs> I mean, hell, you want to talk about uh, the, the the Thrashers got swept by the Rangers in their only playoff series. They're still waiting for their first playoff win. Can't believe the Rangers. The Rangers had more series against a defunct team than the New York Islanders over the last 30 years. Jesus. That's unbelievable. All right, guys. So thanks very much for joining us in this segment. We're going to be switching over to Q and a in a moment, but the first things first, I got everybody's names on here. Uh, that I, I think I got everybody because there's about 37 of you that has been in the chat. It's been about 45. Thank you all for joining me. And you know, I always want to do some of these every now and again, always say thank you. Turn on the subscribers only. So that way you guys also, by the way, you don't have to worry about bots from sex chat channels that are trying to get on here, which is always great. So I got the random wheel of names and uh, everybody is in the chat. We're ready to go. All right, let's do this. Oh, it's core. <laughs> All right. Core. You're going to get this. Uh, 
send me a direct message on the Instagram because uh, I don't have your, uh, I don't have your contact. So make sure you get me on that. So it's <laughs> more Corso. Yeah, no whammy, no whammy, no whammy. But no, guys, thank thanks very much on that. What so do I win? let's get this, let's get to some Q and A. And also, I had Everest, who was already highlighted for this one, Anthony, because uh, we're gonna take your questions. And what do you think about this? They're not selling tickets outside their region. Um, I've. I, this actually isn't a surprise to me. I remember in 2019 when uh, the Islanders played the Hurricanes in round two, which unfortunately we all know what happened. Uh, I remember yeah. seeing something similar uh, where they weren't going to sell tickets to uh, Islander fans. Um, they want to keep their they want to keep their building um, all, you know, Hurricane fans. Um, you know, I don't I don't like it. Um, you know, I, I think. Uh, anybody should have access to go. Um, but I mean, I, I guess, I guess from the organizational standpoint, you know, they want to maintain that home ice advantage and being that a lot of, there are a lot of New York transplants in, you know, Florida and Carolina. Um, you know, they don't want so many Ranger fans there, I guess it's, you know, kind of cutting into their home ice advantage. So I understand the the, the organization's viewpoint on it. I don't agree with it though. I think anybody should be able to go. Um, but well, I apparently I could just contact Tommy Smith and, and try to get in there. So that that's, that's a good thing, but um, you know, it, I understand it too. And I also understand it. If, let's go with Tampa Bay uh, back in 2015. They had a, they start a policy where you have to have a Tampa Bay jersey on. You have to wear blue if you're in the lower bowl because they don't want people. They, they don't want a million Ranger fans over there. And mm -hmm. you're, you're getting all you're you're not even looking like your fans are supporting you. Look, I get it. But I also get that if the fans want to pay the price for the ticket, just let them go. I mean, hell, I paid I paid a lot of money to go to the Masters this year. So it's yeah. it's just you, you. You shouldn't stop commerce on that. But. I, 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 you want your home ice advantage, then have your fans be better, and uh, the the same thing in a in a way goes for Madison Square Garden, where we're a little bit too corporate. Yeah, with and in that case, corporations hand out your tickets to fans. Mm -hmm. That's what they're supposed to be for. It's not just to entertain a client. To be like, oh. Oh, Buffy, look, the Rangers have scored and the ruffians. Like, shut the hell up. Just... Um, this, so I, I've often talked about when it comes to trading before McDavid, it's, it's almost not worth it because of what you'd have to give up. Um, mm -hmm. And here, between Fox and Truba's salary, $8 million a night, you're talking 17. So you're talking about the Oilers. And obviously not what he'll make. So you're talking 17 plus million dollars in salary going in. They're trading. They're the best player in the deal is Drysaitel, who doesn't make nearly that going out. That that wouldn't work. That wouldn't work for Edmonton. Um, Fox, no. yes. Uh, Heedle hasn't really proved much. It wouldn't be worth it for the Rangers because they'd probably want Fox. Uh, they'd probably want multiple first round picks. Uh, and instead of Truba and Hedl, they would probably want um, 
you know, Lafreniere uh, and such. So, yeah, that the Oilers would say no to that. Maybe if they offered Fox, Lafreniere, you know, and three firsts, maybe at that point they'd probably say they'd probably say yes. But that's how much they value Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah, and it's I don't think it would be enough. Also, no matter how much I like Adam Fox, and no matter how much I mean I do like Jacob Truba, but I don't think I don't think it would be enough. And though Filipino's changing the Rangers' mind, I don't think he's he's going to really move the needle when a lot of other teams, especially if it's Leon Dreisaitl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If, if you start a Leon Dreisaitl conversation, the words Mika Zibanejad better be coming out of your mouth. So, yep. um, um, this one, I know he asked if we addressed Lambert earlier, we did. Uh, so I, I talked about this a little bit. I think Lane Lambert, uh, Lane Lambert has obviously um, been Trotz's guy for a while. So I think he's going to keep a lot of his structures in place but I do think he's going to allow more offensive um, creativeness from the players like Barzell, Nelson, et cetera. So I think they're going to be a more offensive team for sure. Um, as far as a top level forward sign here. Um, yeah, you know, I, I do. I think, uh, you know, I referenced that, that poll a couple of months ago about um, agents, what teams they steer their, their clients towards the Islanders were up there at the top, a uh, brand new building. I think if the money's there, you know, money talks. So, uh, yeah, if the Islanders offer Goudreau $10 million, you know, Forsberg $9 million, I think they're going to strongly consider it. And as far as Forsberg goes, Forsberg was um, was under Trotz in Lambert, uh, Lane Lambert for a while in Nashville. And oddly enough, I heard of him and Trotz didn't really get along that well because at that time he was still young and, you know, kind of sent them down a couple of times. So maybe now that Trotz is gone, uh, that could be an interesting fit for him. But um, to answer your question, yes, I, I do. Um, well, by the way, you just answered also the question of why it was more important for them to say that the Islanders couldn't play at, uh, the Coliseum, but would need a new arena because they kind of did need a new arena and you upgraded to UBS arena. Now the Islanders are a premier franchise in they're They're sort of in that second tier right now easily. And I think they're going to attract a free agent. And I like the, I like your reasoning behind it that he likes he might like Lambert a lot more than um uh sorry Lambert I went to Highlander for a second uh <laughs> Christopher Lambert um but I you know what I'm I'm still thinking Forsberg might stay in Nashville but I think the Islanders would probably be a second choice and if it's if it's Matt now here's here's the other question now let's go away from let's get away from uh, Lambert for a minute. Would that get Johnny Gaudreau here? Well, Gaudreau is, as you know, he's a he's an East Coast boy. He was born South. He grew up in South Jersey, um, and I get the sense that while he says he likes Calgary and all that, I think he would, with everything going on too in this world, I, I think he'd probably prefer to come back and play for a team in the United, in the U.S. Um, maybe more specifically in the East Coast. So yeah, I mean. Um, Again, money talks. I think he's going to command ten million plus. So if a team like you know New Jersey or Philly, uh, the Islanders, Philly, uh, I think is the one that's going to try to jump on him. Yeah, if someone throws him ten million plus, you know it's an Eastern team. I, I think he would. I think he would definitely consider it. And um, I mean, I would go. I would go from six to midnight if the Islanders signed Johnny Gaudreau or <laughs> or Philip Forsberg. I mean. 
I mean, my God, the closest they came to signing a top free agent was Artemi Panarin, which we all know how that went down. And I'll never forget, I'll never forget Bob McKenzie and, and Elliot Freeman because the day before they both, they both, uh, honestly, it's, it's, I was that excited. I remember the time too. It was like 6.30 at night. I'm sitting outside, um, you know, ha having dinner and having a couple of drinks. And I see Bob, McQu Bob McKenzie's tweet that, uh, all signs point to Artemi Panarin signing a long-term contract with the Islanders tomorrow, and I was like, "Oh my God, this is this is this is incredible." Um, I I had and, to say this, Anthony, and my friend Chris and I we were going over this the night of the free agents uh, frenzy, so it didn't even happen yet. It didn't get to twelve o'clock yet, but we went through all the tweets that everybody was going through, and I remember reading that tweet, and I looked at my buddy Chris and just went. Hey, Chris, I got to ask you this question. Where are they playing next year? Oh, they're playing at the Barclays and he's siding with the Rangers. And it's just as soon as the word and came out of his mouth. No, one stadium. That's exactly what it was. And if it was UBS Arena right now, Artemi Panera would be a New York Islander, maybe. Well, so, Core, I agree with you. He, he definitely used the Islanders as leverage. But the caveat to that is. It was no, it was no secret he wanted to play in a big city, whether it was, uh, you know, Miami to play with the Panthers or New mm -hmm. York, the Islanders and the Rangers. I think ultimately he would have been okay with playing for the Islanders. So, so for instance, if the Rangers didn't up their ante when he said, "Hey, you know, the Islanders are giving me X. If you don't come up a little bit, you know, um, I'll go to the Islanders." If the Rangers would have said no. I think Panarin really would have signed with the Islanders at that point. So you're right. He did use the Islanders as leverage. But I also think if the Rangers said no, he would have signed with the Islanders. Yeah. And uh, as Cora's saying right there, he almost went to the Avs. It would be great if Sammy Blay played. Um, by the way, I'm drinking a lot of water today, anticipating um, the need to rehydrate. So uh, – Although I'm pretty sure rehydrating means you have to hydrate afterwards, but probably going to be pretty drunk. What well, if the Rangers do not sign Copper Strom and roll with Mott and Rooney, Mika, Goudreau? Well, yeah. here's the thing. Then you can then you have the money for Vetrano because I got to go with what Tommy's question is. Uh, actually, this is Tommy's question, but Capococco is getting a raise. It's, it's not going to be much. I think he's going to get a bridge deal. I think he's only going to get about – maybe a two-year deal, like two and a half million, because the Rangers haven't exactly gotten much production out of him. But it's not going to be anything that's going to really break the bank. Him nor Lafreniere, even though I've seen Lafreniere's praises, you, you don't you don't have to pay them that much yet. I, I, I feel like if it shook out like that, the Rangers become a weaker team because Mika is your number one, and then Rooney, Mott, and Gaudreau is your other centers. None of them, no. none of them are two Cs. They're bottom, they're bottom six guys. So I but don't. This is where you start not... looking for other guys that are cost less to fill a second line role. No, I, I and there get, are I those players that. out there. But those four guys as your centers from one to four wouldn't be. Would, it's not enough offense. It would not no. be a good. No. A good if thing. anything, they, you'd they want to... Rooney and Gaudreau to be a line. I I told you what they I would. I think it's the best way for them. I think let let Strom go, re-sign Cop. And acquire someone in the ilk of Shifley. Because now you're talking Mika, Shifley, and Cop as your top three centers. That's that's very that's very the thing good. is they're gonna they're it's gonna have good. to try to figure out how to clear six million dollars worth of cap. And well, we guess what? About, that's what yeah, a GM's job is to do. 
we talked about that when last time we were on, I painted that picture, how much cap space they have and who they have to sign and stuff. It's going to be, it's going to be hard for them to add that, you know, big fish quote unquote, if you will, if they wanted to um, being their cap situation. But, uh, and he, David's right, right there. He's, he's, he's right. They don't, I think when we looked, they had, they had a little, they have a little over 6 million, right? A little, a little over over 6 million. And as it was said, that's even without um, Strom and Georgiev in there. So a little over 6 million to get a new backup goalie, re-sign Cop, um, re-sign Kako, improve their defense, uh, and maybe get another center if they wanted to get higher in center. That, I mean, that's, that's, that's not even possible at that point. I mean, six million. Yeah. You're talking. I mean, you're talking. Cop will probably get at least five of that six million. But that's the reason why it's so important that they had to win this year. Yeah, that's that's why. And, I agree with that. And you know, you you gotta have to, you gotta believe that Kako and Lafreniere, given bigger roles are going to be better. They're not going to be relegated to third line work and never getting any PP one time. So that's what you have to look at. You, you gotta, you, you have to start doing things. And this is the way that I've said this. And you guys have heard me say this before you want to re-sign Ryan Strom. Then you trade cock and Kako and Lafreniere, both of them right now. Cause what the hell are you doing with them? You're just stashing them up on the wall. Yeah. They're not like, it's it's something that's that that's got to just come on. You you got to use these guys. Eventually, you got to use them. And we heard it with Anthony about it. Oliver Wallstrom not getting enough time. Oliver Wallstrom's barely in his second year. Lafreniere has had more playing time than Wallstrom. And it's just no. Like again, Vinny Trocheck, by the way, is going to get I think six six and a half million easy. Yeah, so he's out of the Rangers price range what then you have to start doing is you have to start scouring free agents who are good not necessarily great and then seeing if they can uh flourish in your system uh like i got I, I don't know, I'm, I'm trying to pull a name out of a hat paul stastny maybe <laughs> you know the, uh, the, that the the easiest uh, the easiest option for the rangers to free up cap is trade Jacob Truba, but you know, there's a little thing called the no movement in the way. Um, mm-hmm. or if, if they could somehow get him to wave, I mean, that would open up a lot of things. I mean, you're talking eight million. I mean, granted, some salary might be going back the other way because I'm sure a team would, would need to send some back to absorb eight million. But even if it frees you up six million, that helps them a lot. Well, two is right about this one. Patrick Nemitz's contract is gonna be is gonna be off the books. And as I said before, if Lou can find a way to trade uh, Andrew Ladd, who didn't see the ice for a year, oh, and you're right, yeah. for two, the New York Rangers can find a way to trade Patrick Nemeth and two point seven five million for two yeah, years. You would think, yeah, yeah, yeah. You want to know where he's going? <laughs> I'll give you a hint. It sounds like Arizona. <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's just like, hey Patrick, do you want to play it all? Collect your money. Or do you want to go down to Hartford? Well, teams like teams like Arizona and Ottawa, they're going to need to absorb sal- unwanted salary from other team to hit, hit the cap floor. So those Buffalo's teams are another gonna, one, by the way, yeah, are going to help cap trap teams for sure. But 
you don't think that's going to be Detroit this time around because Detroit's going to start saying we'll take yeah, it. We'll take every, we're going to start gonna, paying people. They're going to start. They're going to start competing. So I mean, they still probably would do it, but they're going to want an asset. Anthony, by the way, because. Uh, we talked about this, I think, uh, I, I think I talked about this on Monday when I was by myself, which, by the way, I'm impressed I was able to do a few shows completely by myself. Usually I need one of these guys because they're better at being the, uh, the solo talk shows than I am. But the, um, but the Nemeth contract, as soon as it happened, Phil first guessed that. He yeah, just he went, said it. bad contract. Yep. Was there a bad contract that you looked at and went, no, that's not a good one? Um, hmm, I'm trying to think back to last offseason. Like, I mean, and not necessarily it has to be hockey, because from my example was Jacob, Jacoby Ellsbury. I just went, he ain't playing out that contract. Yeah. I don't think about that one right now off the top of my head. I'm not really All sure. Right. All right. <laughs> Great solo show there, Justin. Thank you. But uh, yeah, uh, actually, I do believe Hunt's. I think Tenorti's got a two way contract. I don't think Hunt does. But I think Hunt's only got. I'm going to double check on Hunt. I think Hunt, Hunt is only this more. I thought he was a one year deal, Hunt. Dryden, oh, we're, still Hunt. About, we're still talking about Dryden Hunt? <laughs> no, Dryden Hunt's got one year left after this season. He does? All right. Yeah. All right. Yeah, it's like nothing. Uh, Dryden Hunt is is seven point six two million, or sorry, thousand. Oh, seven seven point six two. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I could see them. I could see them moving Heedle. His two point three million. I could see them moving him. There's a lot of rumors that Heedle has actually gotten more faith. In the with the Rangers brass, that they might actually want to keep them. I mean, just, they could keep them, but like I said, they're gonna they're gonna have to cut salary somehow, and him at two point three is is definitely reasonable. So, yeah, and what I think it comes down to is it's sort of like that um that gif of uh, Nathan Fillion where he's going oh, yeah. <laughs> like this. That's what they're gonna be doing the, the entire off season. It's going to be cut this guy. Uh, mm. But that's what you do when you start making all these decisions, like paying yep. Mika Zibanejad $8 million and uh, Andrew Cobb $8 million. Uh, and, uh, sorry, Andrew uh, Adam Fox $8 million on Andrew Cobb. Uh, and by the way, uh, Wicked brought up a good one. Mark Edward Vlasic was a bad Actually, contract from the offset. With that thought, uh, the Sharks giving Eric Carlson that contract. I knew oh. that was age well. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, oh, the bottom lip is quivering. Just <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Elliot Freeman uh, in his thirty-two thoughts actually said that um, the Sharks are you know going to try to look to move one of Burns or Carlson this offseason. I mean, good luck with both of them because they're they're you know those are big contracts, but. Yeah, I, I do think that there's definitely bargain basement centers that the Rangers could probably bring on in. And that's where you'd have to focus on, like guys that haven't proved it yet, mm -hmm. or maybe even guys. And I'm not talking about Alexander Wenberg. So it's I'm just I'm talking about guys that because if the way teams are constructed now, I mean, 
again, Artemi Panarin is paid like a center for a reason, people, because he's a wing that plays that sort of plays like a center, and that's how he distributes. He had Artem Anisimov as a, I think he had a 25, 28 goal season. Trust me, Artemi Panarin could play with anybody. Don't worry about Ryan Strom. Worry about Ryan Strom when he takes a penalty to end a period yet again. So, Patrick Kane, um, I, I think there's a there's a chance maybe he's moved this offseason. He's got one year left going into his contract. Um, but last I heard at the deadline when they talked about him, they said he hadn't he hadn't really made up his mind of you know what he wanted to do. So um, he could be traded this offseason if if you know if need be. But again, that's that's ten and a half million dollars. So not a lot of teams can really absorb that um, without sending a decent amount of salary back. Um, but Patrick Kane, if he is put on the market, despite his age um, and his salary, he'll, he'll be, he'll be sought after. He, he absolutely will be still a dynamic player. I just, I, I wonder where his location is. And also don't you ever kind of like, like hate it that we're, we're never going to really see guys that, play their entire careers with one team anymore yeah um you know it's funny and, and if that. they do it'll be against their will like um mike richter it's funny you, you say that because barzell um in his exit um you know interviews at the season he he mentioned uh how he how he um he thinks it's cool when an athlete plays plays his whole career in, in one in one spot uh you know, and obviously mentioned he wants to be an Islander for life. So uh, you're right, Mark, in that vein. I mean, you don't really see it too much anymore. Um, Patrick Kane, he might decide he wants to be that a player like that, who he'd say he spent his whole career at one team. Then again, you know, he's he's getting up there, but he's what? I think he's 33, but, you know, he's still mm-hmm. at the top of his game, and I'm sure he wants to win more. So I think ultimately he's going to decide to move on. But, um, again – not many teams right now could take on ten and a half million. So, uh, if he's traded this off season, it's either going to be to a, a a bottom feeder, which I don't see, because then what's you might as well stay in Chicago, or yeah, you know, it, it, I mean, I'll throw this out there, and again, it's probably not likely, but if he ever felt a burning desire to go home, I'm sure the Sabers would would take him with open arms, but I, I don't see him. I don't see him agreeing to go to Buffalo, but again, you never, you never know. Well, I mean, I think, I think everybody always talks about whenever somebody can go back to their hometown, that's always a big thing. Cause usually that always happens. Um, look, I, I don't even want to ever entertain the thought about Patrick Kane being a New York Ranger because a, I don't want to get my hopes up and B, I just think it's, it's never going to happen. So yeah, if this, it's how I did. I hate the shadow dream. There's literally we just said the Rangers have six or seven million dollars of cap space, and that they're they are not getting Patrick Kane. There's there's they just can't they just can't do it. They have to send yeah. out a ton of salary, like Jacob Truba, but he he's probably not going to waive. You know, you just resigned Chris Kreider. He's not going anywhere. So the it Kane, would be it would be more of a Brendan Shanahan situation where he kind of comes from for less money just to say. I played for the New York Rangers for two. You're talking years. about when he's a free agent. Yeah, when he's a free agent. Yeah, I mean, may, maybe then. Yeah, but as for this current season, the off season, there's no shot. By the way, hey Romanello, um, 
Yeah, hey, hey, dude, you missed the the drawing for the Fox thing. Ah, uh, now I saw your series, um, uh, the series preview. I I got to tell you, this is where I I I disagree with you that the it's all the top six forwards, all the teams. The Rangers have probably the most talented top six forwards, except for Aho. You could throw him in there, but the. As far as that goes, the the I worry about that third line. That third line, Anita Ryder, Stahl, and Faust, that that could be horrible for the Rangers. That's that's silly to say you're not afraid of Brendan Smith step on. Of course you're not, but that doesn't I mean they the guys they do have Aho, Sveshnikov, Trocheck, Nita Ryder, Nikesh, Domi. I mean they are deep. And actually, yeah. speaking of fast, Faust is a great. He's a great bottom six player for them. I mean, he, he he plays his game, but to say, I mean, yeah, of course you're not afraid of those guys. But what about the rest of their team? They're they're a very deep team. That Jordan Stahl too. They're they're oh, and then Big Daddy just said Seth Jarvis. Forgot about him. Seth Jarvis. Seth has been Jarvis. Amazing. Yeah. I'm I'm telling you that that team. Don't underestimate that team, man. They are they are a very dangerous team. And I, I and I think that's why when you get the guys that are that are. Sorry, uh, sorry, Anthony. I was talking over you for a second. It's fine. Yeah. Um, that's why when you get to people when we're actually trying to look with a with a little yeah. bit more of an objective lens, I I'll be honest with you. I always try to say, hey, the Rangers can win the series this way. The the Rangers can lose the series this way. That's why even in the in the preview, and and I know like some of the guys were on me to be like, hey, hey, what's your pick? What's your pick? I'm like, look, it's it's not going to be that easy. I, I then I look. I usually go to daily faceoff. I look at the defensive matchups. I look at the lines. And then I go through the lines, especially in a playoff series. You're figuring team uh, line one versus line three. Like we did this last year with the Islanders. And uh, I think the, the key matchup we said was the Jeff Carter line versus the Matt Barzell line. I think that's what they were going to end up with or something like that. But this one I went, okay, if Stahl gets Zibanejad and then Aho gets Panarin, it's then going to come down to the kid line versus the Trocheck line. And I'm not in love with Brad Pesci. And I think Brady Shea, you could force turnovers on. But, and I don't like their third pairing as much, but their like Jacob Slavin is, is great. Brad Pesci's yeah. actually, Brett Pesci's actually a really good stay at home, def, like defensive defenseman. He's, he's no Shea. Yeah, I get Shea. I don't, yeah. I don't like him, but Brett Pesci's a solid defenseman. He's I just not, said, I'm just not in love with him. I just, I, I, I like him. Like if I took half of what I think about Jacob Slavin and transferred it to to Brett Pesci, that would still be a pretty good defenseman. Um, um so this one, uh, Brad Lambert in this year's draft, who actually at one point was like central scouting, was going to be like a top three pick for whatever reason. Now he's slated to go in that ten to fifteen range. So Islanders pick thirteenth. So to answer that question. Um, if they can get him, that would be fantastic. And I think he's actually a um, uh, a nephew of Lane Lambert. So, uh, yeah, he he's my favorite prospect for the Islanders to get if he falls there. Um, Rod Brindmore, of course, great coach, by the way. Sean is right about that. Both teams coming off of Game 7. Tony D'Angelo is going to burn us bad. No, you know what? That's the thing. Tony D'Angelo might burn himself. <laughs> Hopefully – Hopefully the Rangers get Alexander Georgiev to check him. Um, 
Well, we can rephrase that a little bit better, Joe. But I know what you mean. Lane Lambert, huh? Um, his nephew is going to be on the team. That's what I, I saw on 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 uh, earlier on Twitter. I mean, I didn't, I didn't verify it, but he's um he's the nephew of of Lane. I think that hurts or helps a player. Like Lowry's kid um, was on the team in Winnipeg. Yeah. Just thought. Just yeah. thought. Uh, you know, hey, if, if you're the best player on the team and your coach's dad, what are you gonna you argue with? When you're not the best player and your coach is the dad, that's where that's where things get a little bit trickier. Yeah, I just looked I just looked it up. It uh so Brad Lambert was born in Latif, Finland to a Canadian father and Finnish mother. He's a dual citizen. His uncle Lane played in the NHL. Is currently a head coach for the Islanders. So yes, it's his uncle. Um, what about Bodie Wild? By the way, for you guys. Well, Lou, <laughs> Lou exiled him to uh, you know because he wasn't vaccinated. So he he loaned him out to um, a team somewhere in in Europe. Uh, so I don't know, you know, <laughs> I don't know where he stands next season. If being that obviously the COVID situations much better than it was. So I, I don't know how Lou will, will view it next year, but um, I mean, I would like him back in the fold at one point. He had a lot of potential. So we'll, we'll see. And uh, Atu Rati or Ratty. Yeah. You know what? I, uh, I love him. Um, you know, I, I think uh, he had a great year in Europe. I actually just saw uh, yesterday as well on Twitter. He was named, um, he was named the Euro- European, European player of the year. Uh, and then once he came over to the AHL, he had a good series in Bridgeport in their playoff run. So uh, he's going to be he's going to be a big part of the Islanders going forward. I think he still needs another another year. Um, mm-hmm. I, I'd be surprised if he made the club um, next season. But uh, yeah, I mean, only good things hearing about him. Which is why I some Islander fans say, okay, well, if we want to get a big fish via trade, not free agency, and brought up like you know. Tarasenko or Fiala, I'm not, I'm not trading him. I'm not trading him in a in a trade like that. I'm just, I'm just not. Uh, Big Daddy is asking. I don't know if you guys covered this, but after the first round, who do you think is the most dangerous team? Colorado. I mean, Colorado. They're they're well rested. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know both of us had that had that answer locked. <laughs> but um, here's the thing: everything changes. Series changed in a heartbeat. Look what happened with the Rangers. They're they're down two nothing, dead in the water. All of a sudden, Sidney Crosby takes an elbow to the face and is out for the game. We're ahead. There is head contact, and then next thing you know, the Rangers wake up, score three goals in two minutes and forty two yeah. seconds. They even let the game tying goal be scored eleven seconds later, and then even still won the game. And then yeah. they trailed again to nothing in game six and again won the game. And they trailed in game seven and again won the game. So you know you never know. Things can always change. Look at the LA Kings. Yeah. So Core, that's a good point. You're absolutely right. He at one point he was slated to be the first overall pick of the draft. And he um I it was a couple, I read an article a while ago on it. And he got he got an injury. And then he had he had you know he was slow to get back and his game suffered and then COVID hit um, and he just had like they said like the worst year ever um, person you know personally and and professionally playing hockey so um, you know it's weird 
sometimes things, you know, things like that happen, but uh, he's still a really talented guy. And I'm, I'm glad that the Islanders got that pick from Detroit in the Letty trade. Uh, and he's certainly our best prospect, um, you know, and the Islanders are going to do the right thing and bring him along slowly. But yeah, you're, you're right. It's crazy how that happened. Um, but, you know, I'm glad it happened. And I guess we'll have to see how it works out. Romanell, we're going to come back to that in a moment, by the way. Because um, I got to ask you, what what is different between the Rowdy situation and uh, Josh Jose? Well, first, Tom, you're right. It's another similar situation. Lambert, like I said just a couple of minutes ago, he was supposed to be, you know, a top pick, like two or three. And now, again, he's slated to do 10 to 15. So um, I'm not sure exactly what happened there. I'd have to read up a little bit about it more. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes it's, it's guys of just – some guys just mature late and then they take more strides uh, in the draft year than maybe he did. But um, he's still supposed to be a, a really good player. So if he falls to the Islanders – that's another that's another huge win for them. Because, I mean, when you see something like that, a guy sliding like that, you think he didn't interview well. Yeah, that, or, that's, that's true. Yeah. So to answer your question um, with Ho Sang, I think Ho, Ho Sang was questions about his character and his attitude. Yeah. And that, and that um, affected him. And I think, I think Steven alluded to this a while ago that – it was it, it there were just some questions about him in his draft year and he went all the way down. And by the way, if if the Islanders got him, yeah, he was really good in the 20 world juniors, as Tommy's saying. But it's yeah, you know what? And, and they got a great value win. pick. That's a huge win for a team who's having trouble, you know, building up their farm system again to get steals in in Ratu and then maybe Lambert, you know, in the mid-round pick. That those are those are two gems that, you know, if pan out, like I said, huge steals. So Hopefully, right. hopefully it works out that way. We'll see. I started this one for core because I want to get back to it. And uh, yes, Boston took him seven. And and again, I know you're. I, I can hear you. The your fandom coming through this, but I do have to say this. Uh, one thing we outlined on yesterday's show, especially with uh, my friend Pete, who's our Hurricanes contributor, but he, um, as he outlined. The one thing about their bottom six, especially, is they don't play physical. Uh, if the Rangers are out physical or can out physical, uh, I'm not even sure if I'm saying it right. But if they, if they can be more physical, let's go with that, then the, the Hurricanes, they might be in trouble. And, like, the Hurricanes are, are a well-coached team, but they, they don't get really – like a Tyler Mott or anything else like See, that. And they don't get guys to mix it up. So. I don't know. I, I, yeah, I agree with the toughness because uh, – I, I mentioned that earlier, but I again I disagree with their their depth as their bottom six. I mean Jordan Stalls there is their third line center, and he I, who is he does he play does he play with um, Jarvis and uh, no he plays no he no he plays with um your old guy Nino Niederreiter and yeah, oh, that's um, right. and Jesper Foss. Those are pretty good players. But yeah, so that that's a good third line. Even their fourth line of Martinuk Martinuk plays a very greasy game. Um, so I got to disagree. Their, their, their depth is, their depth is good. They're as deep of a four line team as there is in the playoffs. And the fourth line is, is, is at times can be Derek Stepan and, um, Max Domi and Jordan Martinuck. Who, who wouldn't take that? Yeah, you know, I, look, I understand exactly what he's saying and where he's going with this. No, I don't one, one, one through 12. They're as deep as anybody. I agree with their third pair. I do Brendan Smith, but, uh, one through 12 there, they are. They're they are a solid team, they are. Um, 
And by, by the way, everybody's feeling really good about tonight because 80% yeah. of people are saying the Rangers are going to win. Listen, tonight. I, I love the faith you guys have. I, I love it. You know, it's, it, you should, you should have that faith, but if, if they don't win, if they don't take a game in, Gar- in, in Carolina, games one and two, done. Because the way right, Carolina I think, is at home, it's... I think they're going to have to take at least two do. road games. You, abs- you absolutely do. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, this is great. A lot, of, um, a, lot of, a lot of comments in here that you got to get to. Um, this one, yeah, don't even get me started on Michael Del Col. I, I, you know, he was being... He was being you know, pegged as this trigger man with a great shot and, uh, you know, his skating sucked and he's never lived up to it. So that was a, that was a huge bust. Thank you, Garcino. Wasted fifth overall pick. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Garcino, it, was, uh, it wasn't exactly the best at drafting. He was the best at yeah, finding yeah. out. Yeah. If one team was going to be, was going to slide between Pittsburgh and Washington. Um, Washington. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah, I say I say I say Pittsburgh. Okay, going because Malkin, Latang, and Rust are all free agents, Um, and you would think that Malkin and Latang are locks to come back, but being on talk so far, they're not. And yeah, based on those talks, and I I wonder what it's going to be with that. I mean, Rust, Rust Rust is gone. Yeah, Russ was a hidden gem for them. He really kind of came on, and I think now he wants to get paid. So I know in his comments yesterday he said he would love to be back, but um, if Pittsburgh has to give the money to keep their guys in Latang and Malkin, they're probably going to lose Rust. So, yeah, I, think I, I, say, I say Pittsburgh. I know I've been predicting it. We all have for the last, like, you know, two, two years, but I, I think Pittsburgh may not be uh, nearly the team they were this season. Yeah, I, I I'll agree with that one. All right, so what do you got for the next one? Oh well, but, well. By the way, let me give you the reason why I'm saying Washington because I think they got a lot of guys that are under contract that are getting older, and they are injury prone players. Like maybe it's not fair to say the word injury prone when it comes to Kuznetsov. There's a lot yeah. of guys with a lot of injuries that it makes it tough. And I think Backstrom's got a bad hip, and they're paying him a lot of money. So and I, that's why I just think Washington. Is probably going to be the one that drops off first, and yeah. I really don't believe in their goaltending. Let me see next one. Um, so this is good. Tom put a good point. Their their PK, their mm-hmm. PK is I I hate when the Islanders play against them because they literally it's almost impossible to carry the puck into the zone on them. The way they stagger the line, it's their their PK is suffocating. I know I said five on five, but their PK mm-hmm. is more suffocating than it's five on five. They give you no room out there. It's it's incredibly good. It's a it, it's there 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 was a conversation I was having about these guys going. I'm not sure if their goaltending. I, I don't like their goaltending, but I'm not sure if their goaltending is what's needed because they play such a good team defense, yeah. and they really can stifle you down and uh, not get anything out of that. Core, I'm going to come back to your comment in about two seconds, but first let me just say this: it's just. They're they're so good as a team, keeping you the outside, frustrating you, not letting you build momentum. And I think watching them in the regular season, I think it's you have to jump on them in the first period and then hold that lead, as opposed to say trying to you get the lead, the Rangers get the lead, and then Carolina comes back, and then Carolina gets one. They're they're a tougher team to come back yeah. on. Um, yeah, the the Rangers beat them once. Short, but short answer here. 
because they couldn't they they couldn't win in Boston. But and um, and when they didn't have the matchups, that was a problem. So the Rangers have to figure out a way to exploit that. Yep, that's the simple answer. They couldn't win in Boston, and um, I'm sure it. I'm sure they're going to try to be better on the road this year. I mean, I I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised again if for the second series in a row, if they didn't win a game on the road. I mean, that that would be like if the, before the playoffs started and you told me the Hurricanes through two rounds aren't going to win a game on the road, I would say the betting odds wouldn't be in your favor. So, but we'll see. Just to, just to go to the, this one because uh, Big Daddy, you're saying, and you're right about this because you guys are all talking about Leah Sanderson right now in the chats. And yes, the Rangers wasted a draft pick on him. You do not use the NHL draft to draft for need. This isn't the NFL. The player isn't going to be up next year. And a clear, a clear example of this is you got people that are either saying the Rangers should have traded, uh, sorry, not traded, uh, drafted Kirby Dock instead of Capococco, and uh, Alexei Lafreniere should have been Quentin Byfield or Lucas Raymond. I love that one, <laughs> Lucas Raymond. You're gonna you're gonna bypass the guy, the guys that are number one and number two in central scouting, or number one when you're available with them, for guys that are further down the list. I understand that they turned out better right now. But the answer is, no, you don't, you're not going to reach that far. And I'm well aware I made a video about the worst draft picks the Rangers ever made and Hugh Jessman being number one, and everybody <laughs> knows that one. But it's just, no, you're that was also because Hugh Jessman was a reach, and everybody knew that. It's just, when it comes to this, this is, this is the consensus pick. Every GM makes this pick. There aren't, a, And what happens? When you go to Leas Anderson... And you get Elias Anderson, who, by the way, I'm sorry what I say like this. He might be a nice guy, but he had a screw loose up here and he showed it when he threw the silver medal into the stance. And maybe I'm the one. And I, I know everybody touted this guy going, he's going to be captain material one day. Like the, the competitive surge in him. And I was like, so he's not comfortable with being with winning a silver medal. And he was crying like a baby. No. <laughs> he, yeah. Yeah. And then what happens? The Rangers, the rain, yeah, the Rangers yo-yoed him a little bit in in his his first two seasons. But you don't see him cracking LA's lineup like like there's no tomorrow. And now the Rangers got Will Cooley out of it. So uh, awesome that Leah Anderson actually is turning out better by not being Leah Anderson. So you don't draft for need in the NHL in the NHL draft or the MLB draft. All right, next one. Because <laughs> uh, oh, so sorry. And uh, Anthony, one more thing to mention: in they also passed on Marnie Natchez, who they're playing in this series too. Yeah. Natchez is good. I, I, and I is. like him. And you know what? He's definitely better than Leah Sanderson because, after all, yeah. he's got more goals for the team yeah. that drafted him than Leah Sanderson. Yeah, I agree. Right. I Trevor Zegras is another one. You're you weren't going to draft all the way down for Tre- Trevor Zegras. It just it wasn't going to happen. See, by the way, Anthony, I got to go into this one because Mikey's bringing this up. You know, the Canes take a lot of penalties. If the Rangers can figure out how the power play, the series favors uh, the Rangers, if the Canes shut down the PP, the Rangers will need a miracle to win. The Canes shut down 88% of the pe- of the power plays that they face. 88% on the season. Yeah, so the Canes do take a lot of penalties, but again, they are so good on the penalty kill. So... 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, hypothetically, if the Canes take a lot of penalties and the Rangers can somehow break the Hurricanes structure on the PK, that would be huge. But the Hurricanes PK is top notch. And, Anthony, let me go further with this. That one stat that Pete brought up on on the broadcast yesterday, and I nearly did a spit take, uh, was he uh, Jordan Stahl is 59% in face-offs against Chris Bergeron. Yep. Oh, my God. God. Yeah. And that's immediately possession. That's when, again, when, when people go, oh, face-offs don't matter. I mean, I give Mika Zibanejad credit. He's he's at 49%, right. but his his face-offs, we're, we're going to bitch about him in face-offs in the first two <laughs> periods, and he's going to win more in the third. Yeah. It's 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 just the way he's going to be. What about this, corporate? <laughs> That is, you guys could have had a 50-point defense for no adoption. So, I think, um, thank God that the Rangers, I mean. Core, core. And I'm going to say this to Anthony. They didn't just pass on Noah Dobson. They passed on Oliver Wallstrom, too. Both of them, yeah. I mean, yeah, that's. Yeah. <laughs> I remember that was the year Philk and I were in Dallas. And I thought Philk was like, it was almost like a cartoon. You know, like cartoon, the steam goes out their ears. I mean, <laughs> uh, he was pretty, he was pretty. Upset. I was right there, too. Yeah, yeah, I was right there too. I was I was looking up at it across uh, Kirkers and I had a friend of mine that was with me and it's just oh um Simon Holmstrom, definitely. Uh, I know the kid's very green and young and they kinda uh he had a good playoff, so maybe he's starting to turn the corner, but I didn't like that pick for the Islanders. What about you, Mark? It's Vitaly Kratzoff. Yeah. It's it's Vitaly Kratzoff. I I uh, and uh, don't get me wrong, I've liked the pick as it's gone on, but I also now still don't like what's been going on with him. Part of it is that not not necessarily his fault, but I looked at that and I I thought the Rangers should have gone after Dobson, who could have been a better player, and they could have gone with um uh Wallstrom. But then then I'm at a barbecue and I talked to Brian McCabe, who was with the uh, Florida Panthers at the time. They said, yeah, we're going to take him at 14. It's just that the Rangers kind of reached. I think they were 15, I should say. Yeah. For, with Holmstrom's case, I wanted um, Tomasino from Nashville, who was picked literally mm-hmm. the next pick after. Uh, that's, that's who I wanted. But um, unfortunately, it didn't work out that way. I mean, in a way... I'm trying to think of a different draft pick. I guess Leah Anderson would be right after him because my first thought was, who the hell is this guy? <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And that happened, that's going to happen to me during the draft, and then they're breaking it down. And the best part about the NHL draft is that everybody's – or any draft, for that matter. They're trying to tell you the positive stuff about it. And uh, they couldn't even say it. Anthony, last year – and I'm bringing this up because um, I'm hearing Blade was on the ice today and I saw before non-contact jersey. By the way, guys, thanks. When you guys uh, supply some information that we haven't been able to get. Um, last year for the Islanders, uh, Anders Lee had ruptured his ACL and he was out yes. and he was working his way to get back. Yep. He was also under contract. Yep. Do you That's think correct. Barkley Goudreau becoming an RFA might motivate him to try to come back for the playoffs? Barkley Goudreau is signed. I'm sorry, I said Barkley Goudreau. I meant Sammy Blay. Oh, um, I mean, maybe because he maybe because he could kind of show teams that his knee's okay for sure. Yeah, um, 
But I, I'm not I'm not sure if he necessarily thinks like that. I'm sure right now he you know he knows he's on the Rangers and would like to play and contribute. Um, but I mean it's it's a it's a valid question. Uh, I just think right now he's probably consumed with just getting back and helping the Rangers. But I'm sure maybe in the back of his mind he thinks to himself if he can get back on the ice and show that his knee's good, that would be good for him. But uh, other than that, I don't know. Um, by the way, Pete just confirmed for me Jordan Martinuk is out again. Uh, Kakaniemi to be the fourth line center with. I totally uh, forgot about Kakaniemi too. See, they got they got a lot of skill. They got like, a lot of skill. I just, by the way, Kakaniemi though fourth line center really. But then again, who knows? Fourth line center, he might win those matchups. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You you don't want a guy that's miscast. Because it's not only fair to the it's not unfair to the player. Think Bobby Holik when he was a New York Ranger. Yeah, Bobby Holik. He he even said it all the time. He's like, I'm not the guy who's going to carry a team offensively. And you know what? I I was a little bit green around the game myself around then, and and I didn't understand. I just said this guy sucks. Well, yeah. he was also miscast as a top line center. He was he mm-hmm. never was that. He's a matchup center. That's what he is. Yep. So. Uh, goaltending will be the difference in game one without Anderson. Um, it wouldn't, it wouldn't have what? Oh, without Anderson, it wouldn't have gone to game seven. Okay, damn autocorrect. Probably, uh, because I see his dead gone right underneath that. That's true, it's possible. Yeah, are you guys uploading clips from a stream still going on? Yeah, oh, well, these this is the stream that's still going on. Uh, did you get to see Philk's Undertaker yesterday? No. Nah, it was actually pretty good. He actually got the eye roll back and everything. You yeah. rest <laughs> in peace. <laughs> um, yeah, if that's the case, the Rangers would have drafted Trevor Zegras. Hell, if, if you want to go back over some draft classes, Henrik Lundqvist would have been drafted number one overall in 2000. Yeah. So, you know I mean, sometimes we can do that, but and yeah, Actually, play is always hurt. But this one, um, Charlie, yeah. I'm wondering if it's if I can actually uh, start to. Um... And by the way, Romanello, no, I I don't want to think about it either. Justin Blay will be awesome. <laughs> Who? No, another Justin. Hey, Absolute Bot, welcome to the show. And uh, it, it look, I, I actually think if if it if it goes six, I think the Rangers won the series. Then that's what I honestly think, because then it broke right. If it goes seven, I think it's Carolina. Uh, no, Justin Nemeth would be much better, Brody. <laughs> How are you doing today? <laughs> Yeah, imagine Delzato for Stamkos. Well, imagine Delzato with Stamkos, because that's how Delzato got most of his points, and everybody went, oh, look at this guy. I believe uh, Delzato was his teammate. <laughs> Barkley Blay, yeah. But again, there's I think there's a motivation for Goudreau to get back, and but they still need to figure out if his knee is going to be healthy, you don't want the guy going out there. Let me give a different example. The one guy that I ever knew in any sport that came back 
within the same season in a short period of time from an a, a torn ACL was Jerry Rice. And he ended up, I think, breaking his kneecap right after that. So it it's you got to make sure that the knee is strong enough. I'm not sure if those were related still that that's like one of those debates they still have sort of like the, the Kevin Durant calf and, and Achilles thing. So many guys yeah. nowadays. Nils for Velarde. Uh, I think Velarde's getting too high for Nils now. They're they're liking what they see. David Wood, you're right about this. Uh, McElrath was drafted out of need, but he even wasn't even in need. You're correct about that as well. Could have been Cam Fowler. Could have been anybody else. And I know I just said another defenseman, but I mean. McElrath was just a bad pick. Oh my goodness. Um, um what do you got? I'm a, currently applying for credentials for the draft. Nice. For us. And uh I will be nowhere near you for that. <laughs> oh, if you can, it, and if you can try to add on, well, I'll I'll try to add on John to the list too. But get us. That's what's more important. Say it again. Uh, get us. That's what's more important. If you can, we're going to add. If we could try to add John, great. If you can't, don't worry about it. Probably shouldn't talk about this on air. <laughs> um, and and yes, you'll be doing all of that. I'll be nowhere near you uh, as, funny, as far as that goes. The funny thing is you're still... You're still under Wally because I guess when I made the thing, <laughs> it's still Wally. Please change it off of Wally, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because after all, you got it for you got it for the All Star game. How will the Kr- the Kratzoff situation eventually get resolved? Playing him, Trade. and that's Trade. the other thing too. Trade, and he all still right, has value. Uh, Jesse Pugliarvi still has value. I was looking at my uh, phone doing the credentials, so I missed some of these. Uh, well, there's one for you right here. Comments. Um, do you think the Islanders did the right thing hiring Lambert as a coach? And also, do you think the Rangers have a shot in the series against the Hurricanes? Uh, uh, no, they, the Rangers definitely have a shot. But there, there are ways the Rangers can do it. They're going to have to win at five on five. Anthony, take the other part. Uh, I'll, I'll do both. How about that? Um, I think okay. I think the rain. I think the Rangers do have a shot because um, they have Igor and Gold, and they have elite players like uh, Panarin's Benajad. However, they're still the underdog. I think I just think the, the Hurricanes are the better team. Stranger things have happened. Um, the Rangers clean up their game and can steal some games in Carolina. It's definitely could be a series, but ultimately, I think Carolina is probably going to win in six. Um, as far as the Islanders go, yeah, I mean, he's like I said, he's been a highly touted assistant coach. Other teams have tried to poach him over the last three years. Um, and it was either, you know, say goodbye to him or, or, you know, give him the job. And uh, Lou decided to give him the job. So we'll see what happens. And um, just to answer uh, Rich's question over here, I know Sean had his joke in there too. Phil, uh, whenever he can get on, he can get on. He worked. He he works afternoons all the time. So we're trying to get him. We're trying to get it for today. That's why we're on so early. But uh, he yeah. wasn't able to make it. But uh, I'm gonna go in a couple minutes. I gotta. I yeah, gotta, likewise. I'm gonna. I'm gonna cut this my, all off. Um, 
tend to my pool. I opened my pool two days ago, and I'm still trying to get the water right. It's always just a disaster. Yeah, the it. closest I get is uh, the puddle. Although you guys have seen some of the pictures of me having a cigar on the hammock watching the NHL playoffs. Yeah. That has been that has been total heaven for me. Although I do plan you, on you know taking the, a nap and going to the gym. You know what the, the annoying thing is? It's like when you first – when you first open it, I have like one of those those robots that go by itself, and it's just stupid. It never goes to the areas I want it to get, and uh, I'm so I'm sitting there out there manually doing it, sweating my 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 tail off. But I mean, I'm not gonna complain, I guess. I'm glad I have a pool, but still, I hate it <laughs> just because it takes it takes so much time and effort to get it like swimmable, like the blue and everything. It's just annoying. Oh, and then you're going to end up doing uh, another shirtless show like you did last year. Uh, yeah, I did one outside. That was, yeah. Yeah. I still got to find <laughs> that clip. You guys want to see me do a cannonball? Yeah. <laughs> that was good uh, stuff. That was still a great clip. Uh, Joe, by the way, how about this? 42nd year anniversary of Mount St. Helens. I remember watching the movie about that with Art Carney back in the day. I remember that. Uh, actually, I remember knowing about it. I don't remember the incident. I was only two. So. <laughs> It's funny. I did um, not. I did not. I did not want to say tail there. I'm glad someone caught on to that. I to keep, uh, PG for us. Um, the, the robot sounds like Nemeth. Not kids. Yeah. Yeah. By the way, Tommy. Yeah. The um. They they informed Nemeth that he not Nemeth uh, Otman that he's going to be in involved in their plans for next year. At the very least, he's, he breaks camp with the Rangers. I think. Uh. Uh, first off, that's a great comment when you say it like that. Where are we located at? We're both on Long Island. Uh, I'm in Nassau. Anthony's in Suffolk. Yep. Uh, Anthony's a little bit of a drive out, but uh, always, always good to go get some golf courses around there. I can tell you that. Uh, but yeah, we like to go into the city whenever we can. Uh, let's see. We haven't played well all year against Carolina, even when that one nothing win was lucky. Yeah. Robot sounds like Nemeth and Pens and Kings are two different, very different teams. Tom, you're yes. right about that one. Pens are a lot very more different. elite level talent. And go, go, go. And yeah, the, the Canes are going to force you into making mistakes and force mm -hmm. you to have trouble getting out of your zone. That's why their shot differentials, they can stifle teams so well. So actually, the Canes, I think the Canes are a better matchup for the Rangers than anything else. So. All right, Anthony, I know you got to go and I got to go. I'm going to get this up for the audio podcast. If you guys haven't already subscribed to us on either Spotify or at iTunes, you always can. Uh, again, congratulations, Core Python. Uh, it, it was, I think it was almost 2K who was the first person that was on the uh, comments to get in. First, it's great to see when you guys are commenting 15 minutes before we're about to get on. So uh, that's, that's always a good thing. Which out of the four uh, – you know what? Let me get Donnell one more question. Which out of the four series are you most excited for, Anthony? The the, the uh, Oilers and the Flames. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'd strike the Rangers for me because, obviously, I favor the Rangers. But uh, St. Louis, Colorado, I'm going to go with. Even over – I think the Battle of Florida is going to be the best of the playoffs, but we're going to see about that. Yeah. So again, guys, you guys are great. This is the reason why we do it. Captain, by the way, hey, we all thought uh, that the Pens were the best matchup for us, and it was a nightmare. That's right. You throw throw out the regular season. 
And the worst part is I make all my predictions off of regular season numbers. What a great, what a great smart thing. Anthony, so uh, you're going to go work on the pool a little bit right now? Yeah, I got I guess I just got to vacuum it again and just see if I need to put more shock in it. Because my, my daughter, don't forget that, I mean, two, um, but my, my younger one, you know, she's five. So she always asks, is the pool ready yet? Is the pool ready yet? I'm like, oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, no. <laughs> At that age, that's all they're thinking about. And, and honestly, even if, even, if, even if it was, even if the water was good, do you know how cold it probably is right now? It's probably, it's probably in the. Got to be in the I, 60s. Yeah, it's it's too. I would never, I would never go in it right now. You'd have to pay me money. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah. Sorry, Romanello, you were late. It was picked at about like the. It was after bar talk. I think we we're about an hour and uh, hour hour twenty five in. Yeah. But don't worry, we'll do future giveaways, especially for the the subscribers, and we're gonna figure out other stuff when eventually we decide to do like memberships and everything. But that's that's way down the road. Uh, don't worry about that. But we always want to say thank you to you guys. So for you guys always do great for us. Yeah. And we're we're starting to get more Islander fans coming in. That's also what matters yeah. too. Uh, because we want to cover we want to cover everything. Everything. So regardless, Rangers win or lose this series, we're gonna be covering everything all the way to the Stanley Cup okay. finals. You know, and yeah, and obviously as the as the offseason, you know, gets gets closer to being full and swing there's going to be more you know rumors and trade rumors and where players may sign um yeah truthfully i wish i wish big lou would be bold and trade for forsberg's rights like now so you have more time to try to sign him but i know i know nashville's still at a stage where they want to you know where their season just ended and there's still time to think about it and they still want to re-sign him so I, i don't see them i don't see them giving giving up his rights um at least until like maybe end of June where they know maybe where he's not staying, but I would, yeah. I would love a move like that. That's like a last minute move that you usually do. And sometimes they do that just to make sure they can get the eighth year on a guy yeah. or they just have. Well, I, I remember, right. I remember um, when Scar Snow traded for Halak's rights while the playoffs were going on, it was actually early May where he traded for his rights, um, mm-hmm. signed them a couple of weeks later. Uh, so I mean it's it's been done before, but I, I'm not expecting Nashville to do anything like that until they know for sure that that he's not going to stay. Well, what you should do is ask Big Lou about that because you want me to get want me to uh, you want to call him again? I do not. I still think I, he's listed in my phone under Marty St. Louis. So you are very devious. You yeah. underestimate the speakiness. I know. All right, I, guys. Think, I think our viewers. I think our viewers right now would like for you to pick up your phone and call Lou live. <laughs> I think they would. Oh, I think, they would I, like, I think I'm going to be breaking like my phone before I do that. Would you say? I think I'll break my phone before I do that again. I have never been Fun. more mortified there's, in my life. There's thirty. There's thirty-two people in here. Maybe if they all coerce you enough to to say call Lou on your phone right now live, I think they. I think. <laughs> I think that would be good. Come on, that would be good entertainment right there. That, that, would, be that would be good entertainment, and I would never be able to work on hockey ever again. You would what? All right. Guys, thank you very much, everybody, for joining us. Because again, you guys have been great today. And uh, before Anthony talks to you guys into telling me to call <laughs> Big Lou, I'm gonna get out of here. So take it easy. I will see you guys tonight. I will definitely be doing a post game show after the game, no matter how drunk I am. Okay, Mark, I know you're trying to end it so you can so you don't have to feel the pressure. But now you have three people telling you to call Lou. I oh, mean- I'm sorry. Wait, I already hit end. <laughs> I already hit end. <laughs>